to Thursday night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show. I'm very excited to have you here with us tonight. It's going to be an amazing evening of poets and fun stuff. We're going to get to that fun stuff right now. Before we do, I want to give you the number to call in if you'd like to call in tonight. The number is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965 if you'd like to call in and read. We're going to be going over a few things uh, before we get started with our callers. And the first thing that I would like to do is to let you know, I'm kind of looking at the calendar here. I'm not sure, but you guys know that July and August and September are when I go out into the wilderness and the boonies and do all of my my poking dead things with a stick and paleontology stuff. So it's this the workshop portion of this right now uh, announcement <laughs> is really kind of relative to that because there are going to be a couple of Thursdays over the next three months that I am not going to be here. And we will either, A, have Christopher Ryan here hosting, which is probably, the, probably what will happen. But if for some reason Christopher cannot host in this weekend that I'm not here, we will run, be running a workshop. And so... If you are interested in recording a workshop with us, you can probably messaging me on Facebook would be the easiest way. If you're not on my contacts list, you can find me under Nyla, first name Nyla, N-Y-L-A, dot Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A, last name Alicia. Let me know what you would like to put together, and we can get that set up. Your workshops can be anywhere from 30 minutes to three hours, four hours long, however long it takes. <laughs> Just, uh, you know, we'll get started and, and run. You can pre-record them. You can do them on your computer if you want and send me the MP3 file. You can do a conference call with me where I can call in and do a recording with you, call you and do a recording where we, um, you know, maybe I can do a short interview with you at the beginning and kind of, you know, talk about what you do or whatever you want, and then I just turn my my line off and you take off and go and record your workshop. You can do a combination. You can do a live show if you want, or you can do a combination of both. So we could play the pre-recorded portion of your show and then come on live to answer questions and stuff. So whatever you want to do. Let me know. We'll get that put together. You don't have to be a professional workshop provider in order to do one of these because we all have something to teach and we all have something to learn. So just let me know what you want to do and we will get that set up. The next thing I want to do is take a moment and thank our sponsors. There were so many of you this last year. You know, 2020 was a really rough year for all of us. And um so many of you jumped up to the, I just bit my tongue again. As many of you guys know, I've got a retainer in my mouth right now. I am wearing a plastic retainer, and it's really, really, really taking me a long time getting used to this thing, I'm telling you. So, um, yeah, <laughs> 2020, rough year, and a lot of you jumped up and, and stepped up to the plate and helped pay a portion of our 2020 
or excuse me, 2021 broadcasting license, our license to keep us on the air for the year. And I just want to make sure that those people get thanked. They are Melvin Douglas Johnson, Todd Carter, Vicki Aqua, Sean and Maddie Gullickson, Audrey Michelle, George Wiley, Bart Solercheck, Dar- uh, Darlin and Brad Kuhn, Uma Pochapalli, Christy Doherty, Douglas Curry, Eric Sheldman, Gary and Noreen Snyder, Gina Storm, Raymond Bentley, John Case, Paula Sweet, Timothy Melton, Ronald P. Bremner, Kevin Kraft, Honey Parker, Karen DeWitt, Larry Teal, Robert Mikey, Jade Mist, Rose Rosen, Christopher Ryan, Trina Pierce, Dennis Must, Barbara Cope Wilson, and in the memory of Terry Rose, Philip Kent Church, Ray Neighbors, Charles C.B. Banks, Glenn Steele, Rick Smith II, and King's Cadence. Thank you, all of you, for helping keeping helping keep us broadcasting this in our 14th year. October, we will be in our 15th year of broadcasting. Big 15. Is that like a special one? Do I get like something paper or um, plastic or or I don't know. I'm going to go for the 50. I had to take a drink, sorry. I'm going to go for the 50 here. And um, I think for that one you get gold, right? Something like that. Okay. So thank you, sponsors. Appreciate you guys so much. We would not be here without you. And um, this is an awesome thing. Go ahead and take out your notebooks and your pens or your paper and pencil or whatever it is that you write on and get those ready because we are going to be doing our inspiration from the Inkwell mini workshop here real quick for you. As I go through this stuff, if I happen to get you lost or mixed up or (laughs) not explaining something correctly or this just too dang confusing, you can always come back after the show is over and goes into our archived podcast and listen to it. In fact, if you're ever sitting there one night and you don't have anything to write about, just open up any of our shows, the first 15 minutes of our show, and and uh, you'll grab something from one of our little mini workshops and be off and running. So with that said, paper pencils out. We are going to do what I'm going to be doing. One of the things that I want to do, I'm not going to do an assignment, a journal assignment or an exercise. We're just going to do our poetry prompts here in a little bit. But I wanted to talk to you this week before we get started, so that's why I admitted all that to save us some time, is submitting your poetry to online journals or to print publications sitting you know instead of the you know just putting them up on Facebook and waiting for the likes and and things like that you know first of all there's not all of us aspire to having our poems published some of us just have fun doing it but me myself and I and I know there's a lot of others like me you know it's important for us to put our work out there you know it's uh, you know we want to be published we do want people to read our work that type of thing so there's some things, and I'm not. I'm going to try really hard not to go into a lot of detail here or go off on tangents, because one of the works. This is one of the workshops I plan on doing, 
and I have a couple people coming in as guests, so I don't want to just go into it too much right now. But basically, on my page, let me start there, on my Facebook page this week, I posted a whole bunch of journals that are open for submission right now that have things going on. They're looking for poetry. All right, I think there's like, and this was a lot of work, so you guys have to do this. I'm just, it's just that's a thing. All right, but there is a post on my page, on my Facebook page, of like 12 or so non-themed pain publications that are open for submissions right now. There's 20 plus non-themed, non-paying publications that are open for submission right now. And a lot of times, even though they don't pay, um, for your poems, they do give you a contributor's copy. Okay, so that's a cool thing. Um, the if you follow down the page, there's going to be a whole bunch of them that are themed uh, themed publications. They're looking for a uh, submissions with a certain theme, and I think those are really kind of fun because they're like your prompt submissions. You know, so you're going to go down the line and you're going to see one that wants, you know, a prompt about, um, you know, the ocean. And you're going to send them in an ocean poem. Uh, the ones that I post on there that are themed publications, watch those really carefully because a lot of times there will be things that um, say, like, they're only open to women. You know, and then something's going to happen and they're going to find out you're a guy and, and it'll just be, you know, they won't accept your poem because then it will be sad and you won't know it. So anyway, yeah. So really pay attention to the deadlines and things that are with those restrictions that go with those, if there are any. Uh, you just want to make sure. So w what I would really like you to do is, even if you don't submit anything yet, I want you to run through some of those links on my page and open them up and look at their submission guidelines, see what they say, you know, kind of get an idea of what they're asking for. You know, and this is, you know, whether you've submitted before to publications or whether, you know, if you're a brand new person, it's really important to do this. So just kind of poke through them. And if you have any questions, jot them down on a piece of paper, and you can always send me a message on Facebook and, you know, ask me what your question is. I'll try to answer it for you. Things like that will really help me when I'm putting together the workshop as well. So that would be cool to so make sure you look through those. But what I wanted to talk to you a little bit about is why you should submit poetry to journals. Um, is it good? Is it bad? I'm not even going to get into the self-publishing side of this yet because you'll, I'll, you'll, I'll go down a rabbit hole and you'll never find me. But, you know, is it important to submit your poems? And it is. You know, if you ever plan on doing anything with your work, if you ever plan on, you know, publishing uh, a manuscript, uh, if you ever plan on putting out a chat book, something like that, the days of you sitting there and writing your heart out and somebody seeing your poem and going, oh, my God, you are the best poet I've ever known in my life. I need to publish you. And they publish your book, and they throw it out there in the world to sell it, and they do all this work for you. And you just sit back and, you know, wear your smoking jacket and, and smoke your pipe and, and collect royalties, right? It's not like that anymore. It used to be when you would get published by a publisher, um, 
that they would go out and they would set up book signings and they would do all this stuff to promote your book and you didn't have to do anything. With social media now, it is all different. So if you, say you decide, you, on one of the things I posted on my page was a contest for a chat book. They're, they want you to submit somewhere between, I think it's 16 and, and some other odd amount of poems. And someone will get, it's a contest, and someone will get chosen, and they will publish your chat book for you. Okay? And I just lost where I was at that time. Why you should submit public, okay. Yeah, so if you, oh yeah, if you're going to be submitting your your uh, collection of your works to be published, you know, it's really important to do this. When you submit to publications, it's kind of like a job reference. All right, these social media companies, uh, the people that publish poems, all of this, they expect us now to be a good marketing tool for anything they publish. So there's so many people coming to them with their works, and they've got, you know, 500 books. These two people have really good social media presence. They're probably going to grab those ones because the chances of that book selling a lot and then making money is pretty good. So building up your social network with writers is important on your on the uh, internet. The I should have written more notes because I'll get lost. But you guys let me. We don't always do it pretty, but we do it right. The having your poems published in journals. So if you were to submit a manuscript, you know you can show them your uh, your by your your sheet author's uh, sheet and it'll say publish this poem in this journal and this one and that one and this one and that one so they know that you've got a track record of having having written quality work that goes into journals it's just it's like a resume okay so it isn't it is important to do that but there's a lot of people that steer away from submitting to publications because it's scary nobody likes to be rejected you know, and so I want to touch real quick on that, um, just, just to put a little bee in your bonnet, I guess. You know, something to think about. But did you know that if you submit your poems to a publication and they get rejected, that close to about 80% of the time, it has absolutely nothing to do with your poem at all. It could be that your poem didn't fit the theme for the publication. It could be something like um, when you submitted it, and you have to watch their guidelines carefully. You know, if you submitted it and it wasn't in the correct font size or you didn't have the specific typeface they were asking for or your lines weren't double-spaced, you know, your name was printed on the poem and they asked it to be submitted anonymously. There's so many things that can happen. I can't even tell you how many, but I will in the workshop. Things that can happen to have your work not accepted. That has nothing to do with your work at all. But, of course, they don't have the time to tell every single person that submits why. So you get this rejection and you get all butthurt and think, oh, my gosh, they hate my poems. And, and that's not it at all. You know, you have to get a tough skin with that. Nobody knows what poems you present where, and nobody ever knows you get a rejection letter. And, you know, it's, it's absolutely my belief that every poem has a home, but it's up to you to take care of that poem and not put it out there and let it get a little heartbroken. 
Okay, you, you have, you're his parent. You created it. You have to take care of it. You have to look at your submissions. Look at the journal. You know, look at the type of theme they have. Does it really fit that theme? Go to the uh, publication's past issues if they have them online and read some of the poetry that they've posted. Read about the people, the, the publishers and the editors and all of that. You know, read about them. If they have poetry, read some of that poetry. Do the homework. You know, pick two poems a month maybe and work on those, Working on work on getting them submitted. Um, but read the guidelines, read the instructions, read the submission things that they give you, the rules, and make sure you follow all of those. And like I said, we'll be going more into that, but I kind of want to put a couple of ideas in your head while you're looking through these these um, submission that I've got on my page this, this next week. So those are kind of one of the other ones, one of the things I want to bring up too real quick is a lot of the publications will not accept your work if it's published online. That means if I write a poem and publish it on Facebook, that's considered publishing it. People have seen it. People have read it. Big deal. They won't accept them. A way around that is to put your poems, if you want to put them on Facebook before, you can put them on a gift file. and Or not a gift file, a, a picture. and, and uh, upload the JPEG because that can't be, you know, if you type in the words, you can't find the words. So, you know, that's a way that you can get around that. But just watch because if they tell you, that's another thing too, if they tell you that they, you know, your poem can't be printed online anywhere and they do that search on it before they like it and it makes it all the way down to the, you know, okay, these are the ones we want in the book and then they have to do their due diligence on them and they do a search on the internet and they find it's already on there and you get rejected and you don't know why. You just know they didn't and you think they didn't like your poem. Well they did like your poem. It made it to the top ten. But because so watch those things. Look at what they ask you to do or what not to do. Okay. All right. So have all of that in mind. Look through those submissions that I have up. Maybe pick a couple poems and work on them. Another thing, remember, forgot to mention that, edit your work. Don't don't turn in sloppy work. You know, before you submit something, I always suggest sending it to two people and letting them, you know, proofread it for you. I, I, I hate it when people tell me, yes, I said hate. I hate it when pe people tell me that they do not edit their work. Nobody writes something perfect the first time. You should always make sure, go through it, make sure the spelling is right, that the word uses, you know, the, that everything is correct in it. It's important. You know, you owe it to your work to always make it the best it can be. So editing is important. All right, but go ahead and keep that in mind. You're going through those submissions this week. If you have questions, like I said, go ahead and um, shoot me a message, and I'll answer them the best I can. And... Uh, See, see what you can do with them. Have fun with it. All right. So I actually did have an, out, an outline for this. So I just, man, I can't believe I stumbled through that so sloppily. <laughs> I had an outline, but then the journal, the, it got lost. I don't know where it is. So I had to write this up real quick as I was going so I didn't forget things. That's why it's all over. That's why I told you that if you miss something, you can come back and listen to the first part of the show again in the archives. All right, so anyway, jump on my page. That's your assignment. Instead of doing your assignment and your exercise, that's what we're doing. 
um, go over on my page and poke around these these submissions and these journals and look at the themed ones and the the paid ones and just have some fun and get familiar with those because we are going to be working with this a lot over the next couple of months. A lot. Just kind of a heads up there. All right, the next thing we're going to do, have your journal and pen ready, is we are going to go through your poetry prompts. And this is where I'm going I'm going to give you 12 prompts to write to. And remember, prompts are like seeds planted. They are meant to grow into poems. It can be, the prompt can be the title of the poem, or it can be a line in the poem, or the general concept of the poem, but it has to be in the poem. And beyond these guidelines, what you do with it, that's entirely up to you. All right? So number your paper 1 through 12, and we're going to go through the prompts. Now, something that I'm going to do a little bit different than I've been doing on the prompts real quick, just to let you know, is I'm going to try to make them a little bit easier to connect the dots. So if you wanted to mix them, I'll get into that part later, but there's, there's not really a theme to them, but there's a flavor and you'll understand as I as I read through these. And then you'll understand well when I tell you what to do at the end. Okay, anyway, number one. The Wind's Velvet Alphabet. The Wind's Velvet Alphabet. Number two. The Planets Spinning in Your Wake. With, with planets. With planets spinning in your wake. Number three. West of our last words. West of our last words. Four. Who roams on the clouds? Who roams on cloud tops? Who roams on cloud tops? Number five. The moon storms begin. The moon storms begin. Number six. As all the imps, devils, and tricksters. Raise glasses to their lips. It's a long one. As all the imps, devils, and tricksters raise glasses to their lips. Number seven. With a mouthful of flowers. With a mouthful of flowers. Number eight. By indigo wind. By indigo wind. Number nine. Her healing darkness. Her healing darkness. Ten. Confession in old phrases. Confession in old phrases. Number eleven. Comes again to human form. Comes again to human form. And number twelve. Stories move in your name. Stories move in your name. All right. So there you have it. Those are your 12 poetry prompts for the week. Now, you can write one poem to each prompt if you want to, or you can just pick one prompt and write one poem. It doesn't matter. You do what you want. Uh, but you can write one poem to each prompt, or you can mix and match them. You can use line you know, 5 and 3 and 10 and 1 and make a poem, you know, write a poem mixing them up and using just the ones you want. Or you can get real froggy and you can write a 
poem using all the lines in all the lines, all 12 lines in one poem. And that's what I was talking about at the beginning is there's not a theme to these prompts, but they're all prompts that I think would not be too difficult to weave together into one poem. And we are talking about learning a new poetry form every month, and I'm going to attach this to the assignment to this as well. So I want you to go through these and either using one line or whatever lines you want or all 12 lines, I want you to put together a sonnet. Okay. So you can write one poem per prompt, mix and match them, one poem with all the all the all 12 prompts in it and use any of the prompts in any way that you want to create a sonnet. That's your prompt assignment for the week. Remember that we are concentrating on our reading, reading, reading. If you're not reading more than you're writing, you're doing it backwards. You have to have input in order to have output. And then remember to um, you know, go out and walk through your day, and every single day, Find something worth 17 syllables. Write a haiku every single day. It's writer's discipline. It keeps you in the habit of picking up pen and putting thought to paper. And if you do that, then you you will find that there is no such thing as writer's block. But every single day, go out and look at your life, look at the world around you, find something worth 17 syllables, and write a haiku every day. Okay? So that gets us through our little mini workshop inspiration from the Inkwell section. I am going to play an audio track. We always start and end every episode with a recording by one of you, our artists. And the piece that I picked out is going to be by, where did it go? We're gonna, it's by Seb. It's called uh, Otis, Otis Redding was the Alchemist of Love. That's what I'm going to start the show with. If you're a recording artist and you would like to have your piece played on the air, you can send those to me. The word that is in the email title, thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com. Put audio track, something like that, in the subject line, and I can get them uploaded to the show's library, and we will play them for the world. Okay, here it is. Otis Redding was the alchemist of love. I have no rightful idea what this next poem's about. I believe uh, I wrote it uh, after having a quarrel with my girlfriend, and she threw me from an automobile in the seedy side of uh, San Jose, California. And uh, not from a moving automobile, I hasten to add, but uh, she decided she no longer wanted my company on that particular day. And I had to walk through uh, some of the some of the sketchier neighborhoods of town to get to my apartment, which was also in a sketchy neighborhood of town. Um, and it's just some of the things that I was thinking about and getting myself into sort of strife with and uh, some stuff I made up. And uh, it all sort of comes together at the end anyway, but uh, I had no clear idea what I was trying to do when I started to write this. And ordinarily I do have a very clear idea of what I'm attempting to accomplish. But it seemed kind of popular when I put it out, and I always sort of liked the way it fell together, so I'm going to try to read it now. 
and uh, see, see, you, you see what you guys make of it, because you'll probably do better than me. It's called Otis Redden Was the Alchemist of Love. I asked the guy handing out the socialist newsletter, who is the alchemist of love? He looked at me as if I ought to know better. He said, don't ask me, I'll call a cop. So I lit out running down East Empire Street till I got so puffed I had to stop. Seen a coyote picking through a garbage can. I said, who is the alchemist of love? He said, why are you even asking me, man? I'm just trying to do my job. And he growled at me, so I kept on walking. Kind of strange, that coyote talking. Had a sort of Arkansas accent. So I headed down 10th Street by the abandoned factory, and it kept coming back to me about where the secret of love had gone. I walked past the corner of Washington. I was looking for an old-school hobo, because they're kind and wise, and maybe he'd seen the alchemist with his hoboing eyes. But there were none to be found. Someone cleaned up this town, sent them all to Sacramento. It occurred to me that maybe I needed a new hobby or mission, so I bought a newspaper at the Rotten Robbie, but I ditched it in a trash can by the eucalyptus tree. I can't believe I paid for mercury. They let dope fiends and sex maniacs write that paper. So I got to the corner of 10th and St. James, and this guy in a red Dodge Ram starts calling me names. I said, have mercy on a cripple boy. I'm wrestling with a mystery. I don't monkey with you city ducks. Don't come a monkey in with me. But this guy, he won't calm down. It's like he's hollering for his life. Now he's got me pegged in the blue house on St. John Street, and I'm doing something with his wife, which made me think a little, but I sure it wasn't me. I said, no, sir, your accusation is made most wrongfully, for I'm just a pilgrim down 10th Street. I seek to learn love's alchemy. He said, I believe you. You're speaking true, for my wife's lover was a handsome man, so that surely is not you and he let me through but the more i think about it well you might still have been me i walked past the funeral parlor the barber in the 7-eleven store my mind was mightily vexed and my feet were mightily sore i felt my spirit sinking low and my hopes were slowly sagging as i walked past Kappa delta girls loading a green volvo wagon a sign said we buy houses and another eat at cans but i realized they weren't even the slightest evidence I was feeling uninspired, tired, ragged, and depressed. I was almost run down by the Spartan Express. The alchemy of love didn't exist. I wandered on, consumed by doubt. I needed more than pen and poetry to work this problem out. I decided I was not cut out to be a visionary seer. Plus, I figured I was hungry, so I went to a taqueria. Super taqueria, South 10th Street, just before Williams. Best tacos in Santa Clara County. Lots of big shots eat there. I was doodling on a napkin as I waited for my order. I was feeling philosophical, well, maybe kind of sorter. My waitress had big brown eyes and soft, inviting hips, the kind of face that makes a man begin to lose his grips. I imagined hearing wedding bells and smelling orange blossoms till the pragmatist in me said, Buddy, smoke em if you got em. T'was then I threw my pen down. I felt the breaking of the curse. I had the alchemist of love in simple, plain, wrought verse. One man said that highest love was born of soft caress. One man said that to truly love was to grovel and confess. Otis said, you got to, got to, got to, got to try a little tenderness. Well, I don't know what it's about. Absolutely, absolutely love that piece. All right, guys. If you were on hold... We will be getting with you shortly. First, if you would like to call in tonight, you can do so by dialing 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965 if you'd like to call in. If you're on hold, this is what you can expect. We do take callers in the order that you call in such as 734 is our first caller this evening. So listen for your telephone area code. 
when I bring you on, please make sure that you introduce yourself. It's really important that people know who's reading and that your name is attached to your work. And right now, you can do two normal length poems. And if something happens along the line and we have to uh, we have to switch that to one, I'll let you know. But right now, we're good at two. When you are done reading, make sure that you give out your URL so people can come over and find you and and uh, just know you better before you come back here and read next week. And then please remember that we have a mature rating. That means no adult porn poems, no bumping body parts, no tab A into slot B. Other than that, you are good to go. So I'm going to give you the first three callers so you kind of have a heads up where you are. We have 734, then 731, and then 718. 734, 731, followed by 718. So that's that's our first recaller lineup. Let's go ahead and grab, I believe this is George. Let's grab uh, 734. 734, are you with me? I am with you. This is George Wiley. <laughs> hey, George, how are you, honey? Hey, tired. I'm tired today. Long day, uh, long day. Most I saw in chat today. you said it was hot there. Oh no, no, it's not it's not too hot here in um southeastern Michigan, Detroit area. But it's uh it's uh I was in the dentist's office for a while. Oh that's and, right, you uh, wanted the beer. Oh yeah, that's all I I was sitting around and I said, Can I have a beer? <laughs> which I did. Yes, you can have a beer. Which I which I did. <laughs> uh so anyway, um, you know, um things are good except that you know, it just was a crazy day and Tomorrow's another one, but I'm glad to be here. I've been missing some time. I was on a convention last week. I had a little bit of, been talking a little bit on Facebook with Jimmy, which is joyful. But anyway, the two pieces I read tonight, I just wrote both of them in the last week. This one's called Slapped at the Family Reunion. It was third cousin Willow who slapped me into the family reunion last summer. At first I thought, what the hell? And then I knew what was her bummer. You see, Willow might have had a reason because, yes, I had covered her once in a piece. Or I had changed her name to Season. Apparently I didn't give her peace. Should I blame myself that an early gathering... She had admitted she had no clue which of the three different men did the fathering and it showed in my poems as new baby blue. Willow has was dim but not totally blind, so that in my so that in my well meant cautious poem, my changing Willow to season to be kind was not quite clever enough to fool him. So my lesson, dear reader, is to be cautious with fact. There are willows and seasons that have a left hook. But beware, many years ago, beware, willow, many years ago, in an uncle's hate stack, I had me some willow, so just buy my next book. It's in the book. That's freaking hysterical. <laughs> It's fiction, but it was fun. So, so you, you slept with this girl in the, the haystack the year before. You come back the next year and read a poem about it, but you just changed the name. But you didn't do it because she knew it was you. And 
punched you out. I mean, who would think to write a poem yeah. like that? I don't know. I don't you. Know. There's, a, there's, there's a, there's a, there is a, there is a sort of a semblance of willow in my family. Okay, but not, not that I went in the haystack. Not, but I didn't go in the haystack. But it's right. I did a little fictional work there. But to make the story work, I had to lie a little bit, which is my way of poetry, I think. Anyway, thank you. It was fun. Uh, the second one is called "In the Road to Paradise." Now, when looking for paradise, and the search took some time, I found part of it in your eyes when you looked directly at me. Hey, they glisten a bit when you remember how much I care or, and how you, you use your eyes as avenues into my heart. On my search for paradise, I stumbled over our planet, and it steamed hot under my feet as if angry. I want, want to dear, so dearly to smell this soil and have it last longer than me. I leaned down and felt the broken concrete, and I cried. On the trail to paradise, I found an angry man who shouted at his dog. I saw a child sniff a worm and put it down and sprinkle dirt on it. I heard a girl practicing her trumpet loudly while looking at the sky. I saw a young deer walk out on the beach and then turn back. On a trek to paradise, I kept tripping over my own failures. My own lies kept me off the higher road and away from the flowers. Only when I told the truth to an old limping woman in the park did she finally let me see some birds and aspens in a morning fog. But the closest I came to paradise was when I returned to you and let the stream of your warmth wash my soiled soul away. You had beside you a young deer, an old woman, and a child holding a worm. And you were wearing your best eyes in peace. <laughs> Both of those were phenomenal, George. Thank you. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun hearing you read. You know, especially these two pieces, because you can tell that you've had a lot of fun writing them, mm-hmm. and you can tell right. because when you get done reading reading them, you giggle. I mean, oh, that's pretty I? powerful when you write something that that you connect to so much that when you read it, it can provoke an re- emotional response from you like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I I do when I'm writing it too sometimes, so that's probably... Um, yeah, I suppose I should remember, though, if I ever write a dirge about a family member, uh, I mean, a eulogy for a family member, I probably shouldn't giggle at the end, right? It might not, <laughs> might not be accepted too well. But uh, I want everybody laughing. At mine, I, you know, you know that I I, I am writing the uh, the choreographing choreographing my own uh, memorial service, oh, I, right? And I have a box where I've got all the instructions, and I have things that are going to be passed out, and I have notes that <laughs> I'm going to give people with their name on them, and they have to stand up and read whatever I've written on the paper out loud. Oh, and, yeah, it's going to be crazy. Sort of, sort of choreograph, <laughs> so choreograph, choreograph, I should say. Yes, that's, the, that's a that's good idea. That's the ultimate though. way of having the last word. Well, it is really because you write your last word that mm-hmm. way. Yep. And uh, so many. So I think I told you this a couple of years ago, maybe, but I had a good friend in California that uh, passed away, and he was just a whale of a guy, and he was real honest about his soon-to-come death, uh, and you know, impending death. And so, 
what he, when I sensed that it was really time, I wrote him a eulogy for the living, and I, I and I sent it to him, and as a eulogy to him, while he's alive, and his family can read it to him because. Most people, when you die, you never get to hear the cool shit they said about you. And so uh, this way, Dan could hear, could hear, you know, my, my eulogy to him. And they, the family called me after he passed and said they they wanted to. They, they, I sent them one. They framed it, sent it to relatives. It was they thought that good. I didn't, but at least it's. <laughs> So now, now I think I might have said a present to somebody else in my family, an older sibling, said, you going to write a eulogy for me while I'm alive? And I, I wanted to say, well, you don't deserve it, buddy. But you know, <laughs> Everybody wants one now. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, really, though, if if somebody's honest enough to say I'm, I'm at the end, then that'd probably be a good time to write a tribute to him and to send it to him. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. Anyway, um, so I'll get out of the way, but um, I I have fun here, and I will see you soon. Tell everyone how to find you, George. Oh, yeah. I have one book called um, Why Did I Remain in the Garden. It's available on, on uh, Amazon. I have a Facebook page called George Wiley Writes. I am in uh, quite a few anthologies. I actually haven't listed them. You know, um, state anthologies, things like that. Uh, and um, I should probably, but uh, I have a few poems in each of those, and I'm I'm sort of sniffing around about maybe another book this this year. It's been a couple of years, and I just started started writing poetry five years ago, and so I'm having so much fun. I want to get it all in before I die. I want a copy of your Dead book. Poets. With oh, my yeah. eulogy written on the inside cover for me, autographed. Oh, okay. Good idea. So tell me which ones you have copies of at the house that I can send the PayPal money for and grab, so you can do that. <laughs> now, if you send me, if you send me your on a, on a Facebook Messenger your mail address, I'll mail you a book. I promise, no charge, <laughs> and I'll write something, but not not your eulogy. But I'll write something. <laughs> Okay, deal. All right, George. Thank you so much, honey. Great start to the show. Great, thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Our next caller from Tennessee, 731, you're on the air. I'm Alice Michael Todd calling from West Tennessee. Um, Look, you gave me too much time alone sitting here waiting for you to get up, and I flipped over to your page and – you know, when I see an old classic antique typewriter, you know, I think of you and those typewriters and images together, and I get the shakes, and lo and behold, right above it, it says, call for submissions. So I can just hear your <laughs> voice saying, I hear your voice saying, Michael, kneel before me, bow. And, and I go, again? Oh, I might need a moment. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. So what's this call for submissions thing you got going on here before I get started? Well, I kind of went over that at the beginning of the show, but it, it was I, right before the show I lost my notes on everything I had written to say about it. Okay. <laughs> so I winged it and it was horrible. But there are 
there's two posts that have a whole list of not only the publications names but also the links so you don't even okay. have to google it to find the journals just click on it it'll give you their submission guidelines and you can submit poems to those publications. There's one on paid publications, one on non-paid publications, and then individual posts on a whole bunch of different journals that are doing themed uh, publications. Okay, so, all right, you were talking about that. I see Rod, it's the same thing, because you're saying it a little different now than you did the first time. So anybody that's, that's listening now for the first time can go back and listen to the beginning of the show, and they'll get all of it, or they can go to your your uh, Facebook page, which is www.facebook.com slash Nyla, that's N-I-L-A dot Alicia, that's A-L-I-S-I-A. Are you the one that stole my notes? Because you did that perfectly. <laughs> oh, you did all the stuff I forgot to do. Thank you. I love you so much. I love you, too. You've been living free inside my head for 14 years. That's a long time. Actually, longer right. than 14 years. I knew you way before I started the show. Mm. Do your do your timeline. 14 years, 2007. That's right on the money. Hmm. Speaking of timeline, guess what tomorrow but I, is? I wasn't doing the radio. I was not doing the radio show when we did Spirit Wide Chronicles. Did I? Was I? Oh yeah. Uh-uh. Was oh, I? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got your, your timeline's off about your your timeline's off about two years now. So. Does that mean I'm only twenty-seven? We did uh, Spirit Walk Chronicles probably two thousand nine. We did twenty-six episodes of that. But it's counting. <laughs> Speaking of counting, guess what tomorrow is? What? Tomorrow's my birthday. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, dear Michael, happy birthday to you. There you go. You did magnificent. That's great. That's the best, <laughs> thing. That's the best thing that's happened to me all my thing to you. This has been the most disaster of a month it's ever been. My gosh. One of these days when I tell you everything that's happened, you're just going to sit down and cry, and I'll probably do it with you. But uh, <laughs> one thing, anybody that thinks getting on, on uh, Medicare is easy, better think again, because this is number 65 birthday, and it's for keeps. So you better not make a wrong decision, so I'm told. Anyway, enough about me. I was going through some old stuff this week, and uh, I found something I wrote, and I put it in an email to uh, my old friend, Laney. And I sent it to her, and she didn't really respond back, so I don't know if I was looking for to proofread it or approve it or tell me to jump in the river with it in my hand. I don't know. Anyway, it's just there, and I read it. I thought, what's well, kind of neat, so I posted it on Facebook. It's current on my Facebook right now. People are coming in and bantering back and forth, even, even as I'm here now, and I don't think that's ever happened. That's kind of unique. But anyway, I'll go ahead and read it. It's a real short thing. It doesn't rhyme, though. I'm sorry to disappoint. This is called The Barn by Michael Todd. Perhaps there was a time as a youngster where you wandered off and came to an old barn and you felt compelled to explore. 
Once inside, you made yourself from corner to corner, finally ascending to the loft, gazing out a large opening, peering past the rusty block and tackle. You only saw blue skies, green trees, greener grass, and finally you focused on a mound of hay several inches deep. To lie down in it only made perfect sense. To close your eyes and take in the sense was a foregone conclusion. A brief nap to follow was inevitable, but unfortunately or fortunately, only momentary. Had you been gone long, search parties would have formed. Would-be rescuers would have gathered on Court Square. Box lunches would have been prepared and bagged for searchers. Teams would have formed with no conflict as to who should be leaders. Bulletins would have been posted on every street corner. Radio broadcasts would have been interrupted. Churches and schools would have been let out early. There would be no casual passers-by on the sidewalks. The first to speak would query, any news? A quick shake of the head would be all the response offered. The only priority for the community would have been your safety and well-being. They would have moved heaven and earth to find your whereabouts and secure your safe arrival back to home. Know that. In peace. <laughs> that was incredible, Michael. You know, it's funny. You said, at the beginning, you said this one doesn't rhyme like you know, like it was. It's supposed to. <laughs> you do a lot more than just rhyming poetry, unless you're doing your sonnets. Okay. There we go. I enjoyed that. It's fun to read. I enjoyed that. All right. I got one more. I got a normal-sized poem about songbirds, or I got a 12-second poem about acorns. You pick. Oh, that's not fair because I love acorns, but I want the longer poem because I'm greedy. Songbirds it is. You have said in the past this is one of your favorite poems I've ever written. Other people read it and absolutely despised it, got mad at me. I've been yelled at more times over this poem than any poem I've ever written. People say it's nonsensical, it's foolish, it's just absolutely stupid. What were you thinking? Stuff like that, that makes me like it even more. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right, here we go. Songbirds, Ronaldo and Rennie by Michael Fyde. Ronaldo the Robert carried down below the border. As a result, the bird was late to Kentucky for spring. Rennie was his own bird, not at all fond of order. Flying north was a burden, going south was a fling. The worms in Juarez were much more to his liking. Those in the bluegrass might as well have been snakes. Too damn hard to know which end you're striking. Those darn earthworms, wiggles, shimmies, shakes. He met up with a morning warbler by the name of Samantha, who was out of place, long separated from her tribe. She should have been flying high halfway to Canada, but that still voice in her head managed to proscribe. Independent little feathered feline mind of her own, sultry Sammy was an accident waiting to happen. Something stirred in Rennie, a chauvinistic bone, never one to do the right thing, but now and then. Fate plays her hand, so we find two birds on a wire. Looking up at a hawk, swooping down, no room for three. Rennie says, follow me. Leave on a wing and a prayer. They fly to a pond, into the water. How can this be? 
The hungry hawk flies on past, some jokes on him. Narcissistic bird of prey mumbles, was only for sport. Samantha tries to surface in panic. Birds can't swim. Rennie has her by the wing and control her last resort. Where did you learn such a stunt, Samantha queried. From the Mexican worms, and he told of their ways. They would hide at the bottom of the bottle, buried in a pool of tequila, where they lived all their days. Sammy soon went from frustrated to just plain tickled, forgetting the hawk upon all thoughts of danger. As Ronaldo went on about the worms that were pickled, Samantha was captivated by her newly found stranger. Rennie heard the sound of the girl bird's belly growl. He blurted out an impromptu invitation to lunch. Best offer Sammy had all day. They went on the prowl, he scoping worms and she scraping, seeking grapes by the bunch. Local farmer drove by below, out rolled a loose peach. Sammy was quick to spot what Ronaldo could not see. One bird's trash is another's treasure. She gets to teach Rennie how to eat fresh fruit, shy of being on a tree. Sammy's beak is sharp. Rennie's could use a nail file. She picks him a loose piece. He tastes, spits it out. Sour-faced Sammy eats like it's going out of style. Rennie holds his breath, leans, sees the peach sprout. What's this? He spies a panicked worm trying to flee. Matter not to her, she just moved to the other side. He bit the creepy crawler, said, this belongs to me. Samantha looked up just in time to see him open wide. It's not an earthworm for which Rennie had no taste. He did a happy dance as Samantha looked on in disgust. Rennie's bad hat thoughts of this new place made him haste. Sammy thinking this may work if we both can adjust. So that is how they met in the land of moonshine stills. You can find them there today flashing across the sky. Two lovebirds in complete harmony, no battle of wills. Rennie with his sour mash and Sammy on a sugar high. Flying fearless, no fear of being seen as a muse bush, buzzing under the influence of more than just love. Should Rennie get to dragging, Sammy gives him a push, birds of a different feather winging the skies above. If you see this reckless robin and his fidgety mate airing aimlessly, wobble-walking, maybe taking a swim, don't be alarmed, just love birds here, out on a date, in chorus. He is happy with her as she is with him. In poem. So, I I told when I first time I read that poem, I just fell in love with it. But I don't I don't understand what have people said. Why don't they like that poem? I don't know. I guess because it's nonsensical. What's not to like about that poem? It's awesome. Oh, that's that's too funny. Um, What's wrong with nonsensical? I need to be there from time to time. Kind of blows the cobwebs out, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm going to put all the pages together. Listen, well, there's a staple. I bet that rung your bell. Uh, and to file this in the old briefcase. Since I started over reading all my stuff, the problem is I don't know from one week to the next what I read. I have a short-term memory. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter because... There's people here who've not heard something you read a month ago. Let me tell you something. 90% of the people that were here last week are here now, and they'll be here next week and next month. But there's still new ones. 
Well, it's just a lot of people that follow this. Many people just listen to the show. They've told me so. I believe them. <laughs> I believe them, too. Michael, fantastic job tonight. Thank you for having me. Ashley, love both of them. And uh, thank you for the email you sent me. I had totally forgot about that poem. Ten years, ten years, ten years. Ten years. That's 2011. That's crazy, isn't it? Where did Mm -hmm. you find it? Probably in my scrapbook of things I keep of you. Things like your poems and pictures with antique typewriters that I'm not supposed to have. (laughs) I love it. I have a folder. You have a folder, too, actually. That's funny. There's a green frog in there and some big bales of hay and or piles of hay, not bales of hay, piles of hay. All right, Michael, tell everyone how to find you, love. Uh, You can find me on Facebook right now because that's where I am all week. This is the birthday week. That's just the www.facebook.com slash Mike Todd, M-Y-K-E-T-O-D-E. Have a happy birthday tomorrow, okay? Pretend like I'm giving you your birthday spanking. 65 of them now? 65. I'm going to be there for a while. <laughs> All right, Michael. There are two people going like, I can't believe he's that old. He's so damn immature. <laughs> no, no. You're right. awesome is what you are. All right, Michael. Thank you so much, sweetheart. We'll talk to you next week, honey. Have a good day tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code... 718, 718, you're on the air. Good evening, Nyla. It's Jim Hart. How are you? Hi, Jim. How are you, sweetheart? It's good to hear from you. Okay. Always good to be heard from. What do you have for us tonight? Uh, Again, I'll be reading from my new book, Just Another Friday Night in Brooklyn. Uh, The first poem is Table for One. I know everything there is to know, she says. Everything except this. Everything except you and her. Everything except the one thing I needed most to know. You didn't need to know. I begin but realize I'm only making it worse. Realize there is no making it better. Realize the strong possibility that there is no longer an us. Her eyes, white-hot, rivet their way through to the tiny, still-thinking section of my brain, and I close my mouth and turn to face the relative safety of the blank white wall. How could you, she demands in a volume and pitch, reached only by betrayed lovers, and heard only if the neighbor's unrescuing silence is interpreted correctly by the men who betray them. I catch the muscle that controls speech, I believe, seventh facial, with all the power of my will and wrestle it to a depth of silence unreached by the bravest submarine commander to ever dive beneath the sea, and I have fixed my stare on a spot on the wall the size of a gnat's eye, and am straining for inner peace when the sound of opening drawers and filling suitcases, followed by the slamming door confirms my earlier suspicion that we 
can so quickly become a singular form of expression. End piece. Wow, that was intense. You know, that, you. that place we get to, you explain so well when you just turn, we, you just have to stop, you have to shut out, you just turn off. And yeah, you, I think you, we've all been in that have to turn off a phase at least once in our lives. And it's weird, you know, I, I also, I thought, I used to think there was something wrong with me because I would get to that point which I don't know if that's good or bad or whether I just got pushed a lot in my life. But when it was just, okay, I'm, I, I'm not, I, I just, I'm just going to turn off everything that's going on. I'm not going to do it. And, and, I, and I do. I mean, I can be sitting there sobbing uncontrollably and then just shut it off and say, all right, I'm done. Or someone can be, I can be just so angry and then I'll just shut it off and I'm done. You know, it's weird. It's a weird place. It's a, a scary place even. Yeah. It's like a not normal place for your brain to be because we aren't used. We are emotional creatures, and to be in that place where you just shut it off, and there's nothing, and there really is nothing. It's just it's a scary place. It's it's, it's the quiet before eruption. Mhm. Yeah. Fantastic <clears throat> job on that, Jim. Thank you. Second uh, piece is called calculating. His face and arms and I don't know where else, where those purpley, blotchy birthmarks that some people call wine marks, though in his case, grape jelly lumpy would be more accurate. What is not purple reddens at the closeness, no less the speech of a woman. He has lived his 43 years alone, well, at least since 17 when his parents were killed in a car crash. He shops in the same stores, works for the same boss, all in the neighborhood. No traveling, easier to avoid contact. He has it all figured out, down to the precise number of pills needed for someone of his body weight for when the nights finally become unbearable. Wow. That was, that was, wow. You know, we, we, we like to think that we are beyond superficial things, and we talk a pretty talk, but someone who walks around, you know, who has something like that, I, I think that they would know that it, that's not true. Yeah. That we still judge the world by what we see on magazine covers, what we're taught is beautiful. And we can sit there and we can talk pretty talk all we want, but when it comes right down to it, you know, being able to see through someone's talk and their body language and everything like that, that speaks louder than the words coming out of their mouths. And, you know, just that 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 place that they they shouldn't be. You know, nobody should ever be made to feel that lonely or that alone or that scared or that abnormal over something dumb like that. Nobody should ever feel that alone. But the fact is that as a society, we do make people feel that way. And that's sad to me. Oh, God, was so sad. Yeah, well, you know, 
no matter what we claim to be, we're all judgmental in some ways. Uh, and sometimes physical, uh, or I was going to say qualities, but perhaps lack of qualities, uh, do cause us to look away or, or ignore the inner person, which may be more beautiful than anyone else we've ever met. Mm-hmm. Yep. Fantastic pieces, both of them, Jim. Thank Phenomenal. you very much. You're very welcome, my love. Do me a favor. Tell everyone how to find you. Oh, you can find me on Facebook, Jim Hart. Uh, my my webpage, jimhartpoet.com. And this book, uh, just another Friday night in Brooklyn, and my other four books are on amazon.com. Awesomeness. And we will talk to you next week. I hope so. And you have, <laughs> you have a great week. Appreciate you so much, Jim. Thank you for calling in tonight, hon. Uh, thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, I'm going to go ahead and give the next three callers. We have area code 615, followed by 240, followed by 219. And then Mama 216, you're right after uh, Brother O. Okay, area code 615, you are on the air. I hope I can be heard pretty clearly because the reception is pretty much down here and there. This is Clarence Ferguson, Jr. How you doing, Nyla? I am doing wonderful, and you are coming through loud and clear, love. Very good. How have you been? I've been really good. Busy. It's like coming up onto my insane, crazy, even crazier than it's been lately. <laughs> Next three months are going to be just crazy crazy so i'm trying to prep for it i'm i'm, I'm getting ready cuz it's coming <laughs> but i'm i'm doing good i'm excited it's going to be a real fun fun time now yeah mhm all right so i got two pieces for you if you don't mind please yes all right the first piece is called get up get on up you tell me i have a tainted urine specimen then you haven't smelled uh, what's cooking. The aroma is peppermint. Oh, snaps. For your vocabulary, the words are lost, like a drunken Ron Burgundy. I love scotch. Especially in tape form, this is live, not memorex. Remember when Ella Fitzgerald shot the glass with halitosis breath? Shattered to pieces, making John Witherspoon coordinate a thesis on cheeses in Greece, using bergamot hair grease and a beauty in East Cleveland, hanging with bone thugs through telekinesis. Is this air you're breathing now? Or are you just a village people in the Navy, just seamen? This semester, see that you're seated in front this season while I'm teaching. No need for cheating. Are you on stage? No. Then put your big feet in. Did I do that? I'm Steve Urkel. Did I hurt your feelings? Go on a journey to South Detroit and don't stop believing. Ever walk with shoes made of quick-drying cement? You will this weekend if you snitch about what I've been speaking. You'll be seeking Hispanic Jesus instead of Yeezus, wearing Kanye's Yeezys. Yeshua the Messiah loved you so much that he died for all. That's the reason. 
And yes, the letter J never showed up until the 1600s, in case you're wondering. All this information provided to you on the table, and you can come for free. Of course, you realize I'm not interested in making you comfortable. I bring the evidence of proof, so why don't we all just cut through the bowl? I've got these burgers from the terra firma of Burma ready to serve you. Through the whirlwind of convertible energy, you can refer to God. What I'm saying is certainly a version that's researchable. Dinner is ready, so don't act like you haven't heard the call. I'm thinking vertical in my T-shirt and drawers. This kind of mentality must have hurt your brain. Right down to where the metallic entered, the sandman, the memory remains. Stuck like Gorilla Glue and Flex Seal. To the point Shanice loves your smile. For the camera as you try to damage her mentality by drinking a carafe of wine. And that's that piece. You know, I love the way in that poem that you used cultural tags to kind of really um, paint a picture of the poem. Like, you know, there's... And, and things that that were nostalgic. You know, Steve Urkel, the songs you used, you know, all of that. Those are all things that are nostalgic for us. And so it makes us, whether we want to or not, automatically connect to the poem. And all of a sudden we realize that we are in that picture. I thought that was mm. brilliantly done. And is it true that the letter J Thank didn't you. show up until the 1600s? Yes, it is true. I have to Google that now. I did not know that. I had to write that one down. Yeah. Yeah, somebody told me that, and I had to Google it. And and I've Googled many times. Letter J didn't show up until 1600s, and it came from Germany. Hmm. I have to know now. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Are you going to read another one, huh? Yes, um, this is part of a collaboration um, with me and Rebel P. Jones. I'm going to do my part, and it's called Darkness and Light. I don't see color in pitch black darkness, bumping into obstacles and edges sharpened. So how can you see me or have a mistaken identity when your eyes are open with nothing in focus? Show me how to find you when our sight are blinded. I need some light to shine through, yet you tell me to refuse the white help. We can't see we all matter as we search for a pathway. And this is why propaganda demands we become casualties. I walk in the light, and I'm still blind as it scorches my eyes. I thought you said this is right, as this is what has been defined. As we say majority rules, but we say we're locked in minority shoes among the board of school systems causing us to be afflicted victims, imprisoned by what we can't see in this brightness. I wonder, is that even you besides me? The shine of white is hiding any bond that binds us because we believe in these stupid superiority, supremacy, racial mindsets. We can't see footsteps in the dark. We're blinded by the light. Yet we're proud and we say it loud that we're black and we live in privilege saying that we're white. What have we realized since 1619 we've been lied to? 
and our marches and protests were a waste of time. Didn't our Father, the Creator, Yahweh, say, I will repay vengeance is mine? When will we stop accepting the concept of racism to identify that being a race is dumb? Is it because we want to belong on this game of thrones, but we're thrown off because we're owned by the elite-controlled media as we gluttonously gorge on what's feeding us? Drinking this mess of fake messages like sheep in dung, fighting people in the flesh and becoming fatalities, dying over spiritual principalities. In peace. That was phenomenal. That was incredible. And it really kind of makes you think, you know, you talk about the the time spent in front of the TV, the, the all of that. Um, and it makes you realize we're programmed. I mean, when we're born, we're blank computers. And everything that is input into our brains becomes a part of our belief system, who we are, becomes part of our values, part of the norm, you know, all of the things that make us who we are. You know, no child is born, you know, knowing the difference in the races. And I love the part, you know, why is it race? Why race? It's not a race. Absolutely yeah. loved it. Thank you very much because I, I wanted that picture to be painted because anytime you're in pitch black darkness, what can you see if you don't have a light? Mm-hmm. And what can you see if you're in all white fog and stuff? There's no light. There's no, no nothing. If you don't have shadow. What can you see? You don't have it. So you're blind both ways. Incredible. Absolutely incredible, honey. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Give me a favor. Now the Tell information. Tell show you love. Yep. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, I can be fine, found, not find, found, <laughs> <laughs> at um, facebook.com backslash c double thirty. No, Clarence Ferguson, Jr. The public group that I am a founder of on Facebook is called C-Double, like you're seeing double, Music and Friends. That's pretty much it. Perfect. Will you be back next week? If the schedule allows me, I hope so. (laughs) We hope so, too. Great job tonight, honey. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. 240 is our next caller. 240, you're on the air. Hey, Nala, how you doing? I'm doing awesome. How are you? Fantastic, fantastic. Mr. Dancer, good to hear from you, sir. (laughs) Yeah, good to be here. Good to be here. Kind of so, traveling the room to find, find my quiet spot. I'm traveling the room to room, but got my quiet spot now. <laughs> good, good. So, what did you bring for us tonight, honey? Uh, actually, I got a collab. If you can bring uh, 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 Vicky Aqua in. Wow, Mama. Yeah. Mama, are you there? Yes, I am. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> How you doing, Vicky? I'm doing great, thank you, so. Thank you, Nyla. All right. <laughs> well, I'm You're welcome, saying, Mama. I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying that. I'm just saying that. 
So you you guys have been uh, like behind closed doors doing a collab, unbeknownst no, this, to me. This, I'm excited. We did this one years ago. He just found it. So I said, let's do it on night with a program. But, <laughs> I am um, so excited. Right. But uh, I wanted Joe to do his first piece first because so you wouldn't have to switch back to me and I can do the collab and then I can do my piece and then we both have two pieces. So you want to do it that way, Joe, or you want to do the collab first? Oh, let's, let's do the collab. Let's do the collab. Okay. Oh, you don't right. Nyla. This is a presentation that's presented on the um, Speakeasy Cafe by Joe, the Verbal Mind Dancer, and by Vicky Aqua. Collaboration, I think, from 2017. Yeah. And Joe's starting it off. All right. I get the feeling deep down some folks think I'm crazy. I try to school them on issues that affect all our lives. I feel like a porcupine with my back full of knives. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm no conspiracy theorist. But they are contaminating our resources, and folks are not hearing it. I've tried clever lines to open up minds. I've tried being straightforward, but all they want are silly rhymes. Time as we know it is about to end quickly. Every soul on earth will soon start looking sickly. I mean, Vicky, don't they watch the news? Most of them had the Internet, but that's not what they choose. They know more about Drake and the mistakes he's made. They care more about famous people than the fact we are losing shade. Trees are dying. Racism is, racism is vying for the top spot. Trumpism is about to start another Plymouth Rock. We're walking around in the dark, forever chasing the next fad, never seeing we're being had. It's sad when they don't listen. When we try and provide the ammunition, but they think I'm tripping. We're slipping as a people. Can't find help on the steeples. Even the church is turning evil into a prophet. Even a prophet can't stop it. And I'm tired as hell. Can I count on you to help me tell this tale? Uh, like you, Joe. I can't say that I'm a prophet, but these lines we drop are full of knowledge. And I'm afraid the end's inevitable. We can't stop it. What will be, will be, and it may be too late. They have wrecked this planet into a deplorable state. There was a responsibility that came with this life. And as stewards of this earth, we were given a charge. When the dust has settled and the sun is blocked, we will become extinct as the fossils in the rocks. Too many voices silent. Too many ears closed. Attention not given to the demons at large. This attempt we are making against those whose will is to hurt us will not be heeded at all because they will divert us.
The power to correct things is awfully hard. When it could have been easier to preserve and maintain, we could have pleased our creator, but this we did not. With the state of the planet, it may be too late to change our lot. What will be will be. The universal creator, I believe, has taken back the power. We can now wait for the countdown of the minutes and the hours. We will all go down and our flesh will burn. The genius and the dunce, the rich and the poor, the wicked and the saint, the faithful and the traitor, the rocket scientist, and the phone operator. The die has been cast and is back in God's hands. So prepare yourself for these are the last days when endangered species and herbs disappear when the water is inconsumable and the air is not clear when our lungs and our kidneys are shot when our sperm and our wombs have been chemically corrupted when the creator finds himself with mankind disgusted Joe I think we just need to prepare to transcend. And hopefully our souls will come back again with a higher mark and a more virtuous mind. And next time, next visit, we will not be so susceptible to those seven deadly sins. He has done it before, and he may do it again. Millions of years from now, as the new world begins, our presence will be acknowledged in fossils and rocks. And I'll put this poem in a time capsule and bury it deep with a date and a lock. Joe, as we smile and move on into the next sphere, we will be knowing that we are not sheep. We will go knowing that we are not sheep, but we were obedient to the universal law that we keep. There's not much we can do now, but wait. That's all. For the power given to man has been retrieved. We are now flying on a plane without any wings. And only the creator knows the outcome of things. I am that I am, and that is because he is. As it was in the beginning, so it shall be in the end. Nice knowing your soul, Joe. Hope we meet again. Thank you for asking me to contribute to this collab. But when I was talking years back, no one was listening. People want to compete because of their conditioning. But as for me, I know I have new intentions. I'm now seeking a new goal. Instead of trying to save this planet, Joe, I'm trying to save my soul. And that's that collab. Booyah. (laughs) (laughs) Booyah, indeed. (laughs) 
Oh, you guys, that was incredible. What prompted that? I mean, what made you guys decide to write that together? Uh, I think, well, I, I think, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I came, I came up with the idea because, you know, you know, uh, you know, Vicky always talked about Masato and, you know, they, they're doing this to our food and all that. And, you know, people kind of, you know, look at it as a conspiracy theory, but it's not. Stuff has actually happened. But we tend to turn away from facts and, you know, enjoy the uh, more, uh, you know, uh, you know, flamboyant type stories and stuff like that versus the truth. So that's what we came up with that. I think I think that you guys did real well together. I was very impressed. And, uh, yeah, awesome. Awesome job, both of you. I appreciate it. Oh, appreciate it. Awesome, Thank Mama. You. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, Joe, you want to do your second piece, and then I'll do my second piece, and we can call uh, it. You know, how are we setting up on time, Manila? You're fine. You can do your two pieces. Okay. okay. It's not super we long ones, and we're good. No, it's not long. This is called Red-Eyed Creatures. It was 17 years ago to the day. The crowd was so loud, it was like the tail of the banshee. They came like a mechanized army. Their uniforms were grotesquely grotesque. These red-eyed creatures didn't come for war. They came to make love. Like a man unjustly incarcerated, the woman, the faithful woman, he had waited. Who wouldn't want a piece after that hibernation? I'm just saying, don't land on me. I stayed inside most of the time. I don't mind. I'm just saying, don't land on me this time. I haven't killed any one of them yet. I don't want to. I had to check my approach. I'm still suffering from the Black Wall Street blues. We were often considered no better than roaches. How can I kill what doesn't appeal to my focus? Notice the non-existing analogy. I don't want those red-eyed creatures landing on me. I can't get into entomology. Or do what's wrong with me. Do the remedy. Y'all wait. Y'all wait a minute. It's raining today. That alien sound gave way to the clouds. I see dead red-eyed creatures all over the ground. I haven't killed not one. I still don't like them. But sometimes I feel like one. Peace. Sometimes I feel like one. That was phenomenal. Mama, you want to comment to him? No, no, no. Joe already knows how I feel about his work, so we just (laughs) keep it moving. Yes. Well, fantastic job on that. Before we have Mama read hers, do you want to go ahead and tell everyone how to find you, honey? Oh, you can find me on Facebook under Joe Perry, and I got got my own poetry page called uh, The Verbal Mind Ask. Absolutely perfect. And you can can also find me in the Year of the Poet. We uh, publish a book out every month, and we've been doing it for like the past uh, seven, eight years now. So uh, it's a collaboration with poets from all over the world, and I hope you guys enjoy that. Year of the Poet in Child Press. Very cool. If you think about it, um, post the link for it on my page. Will do. Awesome. Thank you, my darling. We will talk to you soon, honey. 
Thank you, Joe. Thank you. And that's not the only collab we have, but um maybe this can be your collab month. You guys can share some of your collabs. Yeah. I know what Thank I want to do. So I want you guys to write a collab using the prompts from this week. Okay, I'll look mm-hmm. into it. I'm real busy this week right. because I got, I'll, I'll try. Okay. I got There's no time limit on project. it. You can do it a year from now okay. if you want. Okay. Usually, we'll do that's that. Usually how long, how, that's usually how long it takes me to get around to it. <laughs> I, I got my book, <laughs> book on the shelf for 10 years. Still in the, uh, my book, my two, my seven books still on the grid. So you know yeah. how long it takes me to get something done. But anyway, I'm going to read my piece and let uh, Brother O come on. Okay, so let me do this real quick because I don't want to hold him up too long. The name of this piece is uh, Word, Madam. This is my signature piece. And it goes like this. Word, Madam. I am playing with words erotically. You must really listen to me to get the deepest meaning metaphorically. See, words work for me like ladies of the night. They bring me what I ask for. My words are money divas, like the oldest profession in the world, teasing you, suggesting to your core what, when, and how you want it, prostituting pronouns, working for me, hustling for me. You feel what they leave you with. Because I am the poetry madam, pimping, macking, slapping these phrases is what I do. Smacking these old metaphors around, and I give the young new words some bling to compete with the colloquialism and their hooks. See, I got high-class hookers in my stable, bringing experience to the table, old working girls who are likened to an oxymoron. Ooh, it hurts so good. Intellectual women with intuition, broads with brass balls, talking back, giving men a hard time, pun intended. Brutal subordination, watch how they handle it. You feel what they leave you with. I said old bras are likened to the vocabulary queens. We are the empresses of sentences, patronizing the patrons with promises. Expressionists turning tricks into patronizing future appointments with ballots for monetary exchange. See my spit is like past participles dangling, sliding down poles, a pregnant pause, waiting for a lap dance. Then he made it rain. The ending was a proposition, wrongly being accused as a preposition. Phone sex, a date just listened to sex talk. She makes him think it's all his idea for what he wants done to him. 
That's a trick of the respected trade, like sexy soliloquies and silk panties, draped fur boas and high heels. He has heard her. Never has he laid his eyes on her. But my poetry will lie to you and make you pay for the privilege. My poetry will blow smoke up your derriere and tell you how to receive the message. Lull you to sleep in a lullaby. She, the master of making up alibis, makes manipulation look like miracles. My words can only do what I tell them to do. Because I cannot afford to leave wanton adverbs such as soliviously and salacious, running around naked in my poems, at least not for free. In peace. <laughs> Joe, you want to comment first? Uh, I thought it was awesome. <laughs> but, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm a fan of uh, Vicky's work, you know, from day one. Yes, yes, indeed. Nothing is free, is it? Nothing's ever free. Nothing is free. <laughs> yes, indeed. Hey, you know, there's some, there's some, definitely some sharks out there lurking the water, so I can't blame you. <laughs> oh, that was fun, Mama. That was fun to listen to. Great job on it. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Joe. Thank you, uh, Nyla, my daughter, my beautiful daughter. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, I'm going to go ahead and mute Joe. And then, Vicki, you want to tell everyone how to find you? You can find me on Poetry Soup, where I am copywritten because of plagiarism. I don't put anything on Facebook too much anymore except the old stuff. So if you want to see anything new, go to Poetry Soup, where I'm copywritten. Right, right, right. <laughs> awesome. All right, Mama. Thank you so much. I love you, and I will talk with you soon, okay? Thank you. Welcome. I love you back. Okay, bye, Mama. All right, we're going to go ahead and grab area code 219. 219, you're on the air. Again, now, how you doing? This is Brother O. Hi, Brother O. How you doing? Absolutely wonderful. How are you doing? Doing good. So what do you have to bless us with tonight? It's a poem that needs to be completed called Brother O. What would you tell your 18-year-old self if you met him in person? If I went on a time capsule... And travel back in time to the year 1993 to have the once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to meet my the 18-year-old version of myself in person and have an honest man-to-man conversation with him. I would tell him, you're an intelligent young brother who has untapped potential. You need to find what your purpose in life is and apply yourself because I would hate for a good brother like you to keep getting in trouble and keep keep messing up. I'm going to tell you, a real-life overcomer with the raw job and determination to achieve anything that you set your mind to and also to achieve greatness. And whatever you do, 
endeavors you decide to pursue, all you need is all you need to do is allow God to guide and direct your path. I would tell them you need to have self confidence and believe in yourself when dealing with women and don't be shy. Uh, when you had the guts and courage to be the real Omar Gavin, the women would literally flock to you and you would not be able to keep them away from you. I would tell them you ain't cut out for the street life and being an inmate in a jail or prison. Your father spent six years of his life in prison for his poor choices when he was your age. Omar, you got the opportunity to do what he didn't have a chance to do. Graduate from high school, go to go to college and get your degree. Your book smart, not street smart. Or while the choices you make will determine the outcome of your life. It's squarely on you to make the right decision and not to repeat the same patterns that your father did. Because he went through all that he went through so you didn't have to go down the same path he did. I would tell him. Choose your friends and associates very carefully. Because everybody admits to come along with you, and everybody is not going to like you either. I would tell them, be grateful for the real people who believed in you when you didn't believe in yourself. Be thankful for those real people who stuck up for you when you were bullied. And be appreciative of those real people who loved and accepted you despite your disabilities. I would tell them, women are looking for a real brother like you because you're a handsome young man who's going to be a great husband. So don't get all sad and depressed, all dispirited, discouraged, and disheartened because a girl turns you down. Yo, bro, one woman's trash will become the right woman's treasure. So take your time and have pace as a patient with Job until you find me finally meet the woman who God has for you. I also tell them being a young black man in America isn't easy at all. You're gonna be the target of big cheese just because of your race and your skin complexion. You're gonna be called the N word and every other name until the child of God. You're gonna be the target of shade throwers and haters who haven't been through what you have been through. You're going to be the target of jealousy and envy by some of the same people that look just like you. And you will encounter more challenges and obstacles than most people out here as you get older. See, Omar, it's not what people call you. It's what you answer to, young brother. The 10% of life is what occurs in your life, and 90% of your life is how you respond to what happens in your life. And Paul. Always strong words, conviction based on faith. You share your message strong, Brother O. Thank you. Thank you. You are very welcome. Are you reading two tonight or just the one? Oh, I'm doing this one. Okay. Tell everyone how to find you, sweetheart. Oh, uh, you guys can find me on the 
on Facebook on the Omar Brother Old Gathers. And uh, I have a lot of lot of things coming up. Uh, Saturday is officially Juneteenth. Uh, I'm celebrating that because uh, it's a personal touch, personal for me because on my mother's side of the family, the uh, slaves that were in the state of Texas were freed on that day, actually. And I'm really looking forward to celebrating this, uh, our, my Independence Day. No disrespect for those who choose to celebrate the 4th of July, but June 19th, 1865 is my Independence Day. And, uh, got, got a lot of, a lot of things coming up, working a lot of new material, making things happen out here. No, I, and I've uh, been uh, nominated again for Overcoming the Years, and and for the first time, the best spoken word storytellers, the National Spoken Word Awards, will be held on June 5th in the city of Chicago. So, so uh, vote. If you connect me on Facebook, I appreciate your vote. And I'm trying to bring this Overcoming the Year for three for the third consecutive year. And as always, thank you for the support every week. It is our pleasure. Thank you for being part of our family, brother. Oh, great job tonight, sweetheart. I'll tell you now. I'll, I'll be back next week. All right, hon. <laughs> Bye-bye, sweetie. Take care. All right. So I want to let area codes 914 and 504 know that you are not in the lineup. If you want to come on and read tonight, press 1. And that will let me know that it's okay to unmute you and bring you on. Again, that is 914 and 504. You are not in the lineup to come on the air with me. If you're here just listening and hanging out, thank you for being here. I appreciate you. If you change your mind at any time, you can go ahead and press 1. And again, 914-504. Press 1 if you decide to come on to the air. Glad you're here. All right, let's go ahead and grab... Area code. We have 832, and then we are going to go to 702. So 832, you are on the air. Hi, Nala. Hey, sweetheart. How are you doing? Oh, I'm tired today. Yeah? Is it hot there? Oh, yeah. Got the heat. We got the humidity. Got all that. Nonsense to never make any foul. You just have to deal with the, everything <laughs> going on. So, yes. yes I think uh, it's real you know. cool to hear from you. Oh, you did. <laughs> yeah. um, just cause this way, I'm glad to be still around, I guess. Uh, this one's uh, called uh, Raven Reaper. Smoke drops short signal to the ground like water. I got see. Bosque Raven Reaper. Cloak dispersed has found passage. A malleable earth and a flooded ravine. 
Ant will go over. Bones splinter and shake. Time has been shaped again to hold this form. Raw skin held still like scars healing at the edge of quiet waters. Goha sky saga. Give us a the distance has been covered by sudden stained cloth, burnt robes, darkness bomb. Thoth, bone fields, migratory patterns. What words, what manner of speech is being spoken in these days and times? Homer. Descriptions and those who would hold such conversations awoke in old and weathered stone thought. Thing be. There were none before. There are none so gathered now. Shadow images, the flutter sound, Gapogi. A dull thud of soft being of birth, of becoming. Someone sacrificed their name, the dreams it came from. To morph, storm ward savvy, the zigzag arch of broken lightning. Oh, what this Ward of the Holy, the Unclaimed, Supernatural, Gulvin. That rifts just enough space and entrance for a sacred stranger, Bathing. Yeah, a raven reaper to raise up, lift on high. We, the people, the principal peoples of these lands, native to these lands, we see you. Miss shadows collect in the folds of root systems, organic disassociated from the extremes of machine wear. The nonsense you continue to spew, attempt to force upon us. Drag the waters, find our bones. Raven Reaper build the nest. Reacquaint the limbs of burial trees with our last requests. Inheritance. So that we might begin again on the journey home. We were there when the living coal spoke and the stars became the only mystery we needed to know. The face paint that fell from us has been collected into sacred ashes, prayer, song, Fires and designs, Raven Reaper has been vouchsafed within his leather pouch. 
sacred stranger that he is, given gifted dreams of the great mysteries. We return now, breath between flashes of broken lightning. Broken bones fled their welter of pain. Return to us at our beginning. Whole smooth, strange as rage. Rain, meteor, fire, beje, gibago. Waboske, ibakse, gaketronga. We are in need. Pray with us. We For swift returns to our homelands. Red earth, gudemonina. We are the flight of water birds, the thunder rumble judder of Tebon on a journey of buffalo marked trails, the angry, unjaded scream of a traveling wind, a tornado, the blood out of us and mauling sound of Minsu. When it is either fight or die. The absolute rage of a mountain lion thonga. Fangs bared, claws distended back against the wall. Come, Raven Reaper, strength of spirit is needed. We with the ancestors petition you. The fierce fire mated spirits. Shiagitha, turn back and fight. Do not give up. Give nothing away. We see with second sight we are the ghost road born and we are walking our way home. That was absolutely intense, Soldier Boo. <laughs> uh, I read that for the little ones. The, there have been a lot of uh, uh, undocumented remains that have been found recently. And the one that you know started it all was the 215 up there in Kamloops up in uh, Canada, but that's by far and away not the only one not the only site that is and you know, since uh, then others have come forward with you know the, the knowledge of what has been so minded as a communal grave on their lands by the sites of where the boarding schools have been so there's a lot of that going around right now. It's going to take a long time for people to come to grips with it. Always teaching us, always not letting anything get forgotten. No, it can't be forgotten. It's, uh, it's an it's important voice, my dear. It's just, uh, I don't know how to think about some of what they're talking about, though. 
I mean, meaning some of the, the Native nations and they want an apology. It's like that, that to me just seems like not even really what this is about. This is more about acknowledgement, not confession, not uh, guilt. Just tell me or, that you see it. Just tell me that it's not invisible. Exactly. Acknowledge the goddamn shit that went on and did it. stop dicking around, excuse my language, with the nonsense that you think is polite and, and, and a courtesy that that should be done. This is not a courtesy. This is something that was done. These are deaths that happened. These are deaths that were that occurred by those who were supposedly in the service of, you know what I'm saying, in the name of. How many friggin' times have Native people heard their people die because of in the name of? Kiss yeah. my fucking ass, you sorry bastards. I'm sorry, it just, you know, it just gets on me when I start listening to that garbage. I understand completely. And I'm, I'm not even going to get started because if I do, then I'll be going off on tangents, but absolutely <laughs> loved it. Hey, Soldier Blue, are you going to read a second one tonight, honey? Well, actually, I wanted to, if I may, I would like to relay some information just in terms of what I've been reading recently. Okay. Just to awesome. show you just to show you in terms of the depth of how uh, how I've been having to rearrange some of the things that I've already learned. Uh, in specific, there um, in the 1500s, uh, Isabella, uh, which who was the queen wife of Ferdinand, King Ferdinand of Spain, uh, outlawed uh, native slavery. And at that point, there was born the what they call the licenciado, which means to be licensed. And they at that it was at that juncture when the island of uh, Espanola or Hispaniola, whichever uh, name you choose, it's the same island, they figured out that there were not going to be the massive amounts of gold that they were able to going to be able to harvest from that island. So then they looked around and it's like, well, okay, we're not going to get the gold that we want from the island, so maybe we can get the gold from all the people. <laughs> well, yeah, we're just, we're, we're just enslave everybody and we'll get gold that way. <laughs> so, so whatever, whatever I mean, you can do, right? Unfreaking un real. Unreal. Okay, and they call themselves Los Armadores, meaning the ship owners. And uh, for whatever reason, immediately what sprang to my mind was, okay, you know, you're thinking more modern terminologies. What does that translate into as far as a parallel? Well, gee, that's not too far of a leap to being captains of industry. Well, shit, what a surprise. (laughs) Now, Here's 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 the part that 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 really took me in terms of you know re uh, resurfacing if you will some of the things that I have already known. They talked about there were three reasons that they that that could be used for uh, enslaving Native people at that point in in legal rationale. The first being what they called a just war which meaning that the, the Native people rose up and they decided to throw down on one of the, the, the Spanish towns uh, on one of the, uh, the Caribbean islands. And thus the captives that were out of that war would be then enslaved. 
The second was the what they what they called uh, or what was considered to be ransom, meaning in this case that the Spanish liberated captives that were being held by another uh, native people or someone else uh, that were being held for ransom. And at that point, it's like, well, they're already captives, so we'll just make them our captives. We'll make them slaves. <laughs> it's like, the rationale of this garbage is just like, it's just insane. And now, now this, this one, this third reason is the kicker. This is the one that took me, you know, toward, towards, you know, okay, okay, now, now I see where this thread comes from. The third reason for them being able to enslave Native people was cannibalism. And they considered anybody to, who participated in that kind of an action, that kind of an act, to be less than human, subhuman, basically. And that was one that was more commonly used because it was something that they could literally use as a slap label to, you know, just put it on top of all well, you know, that kind of So we'll, we'll just take them off. So here's the thing. In, in Texas, on the Gulf Coast, there were the, the, the native people who were fishermen and they, they, uh, they ate the, the mussels and the oysters and, and the fish and basically everything harvested their, their livelihood and their survival from the ocean, from the Gulf of Mexico. Okay, the Caracuas. Okay, some of you may have heard of them, some of you may not. And at the same point of, of quote-unquote colonization, in the 1800s, the, the cattle industry at that point, down at that part of Texas, there was the Bay of Matagorda. And it was a simple thing because they could... It was it, at one point of that bay. It was shallow enough to where they could literally swim the cattle herds across the bay to be shipped out to market, and it was a lot. And, and it was much faster than trying to take them overland and you know go all the way around that that part of the the, the Gulf right there, as well as time consuming, as well as the cattle dropping weight. And thus being less, you know, less gold in their pocket for, you know, what they were going to get for their their herd. Well, guess who happened? Whose whose ground that happened to be? Well, the it happened to be the Caracuanians. So, you know, they it's like oh 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 oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah cannibals <laughs> because that was the easiest way to either kill them or enslave them all. And get them out of the way of industry. And and it's like, oh well, oh well, you know, we don't know how that story got started. Oh my god. I mean think about it. Texas was it was was in the original in terms of colonization was under Mexico. Mexico was who under who? The conquistadores from Spain. Well gee, the conquistadores from Spain were the armadores. The, uh, the ship owners. Well, hell, how far does it go? I mean, as far as a leap in thinking to understand that they used that same slap label on the Caranco Indians to get them out of the way of industry. What a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> so 
like I say, that you know, because I mean, I'd, know, I'd heard the, you know, I'd heard you know that they were that there were myths and stories about them as far as being you know considered cannibals, and it's like now since I've, now since I'm starting to read this book, and I'm seeing where that thread starts, the origin of where that came from, I understand totally how everything lined up on that particular scenario. All you have to do is put it in print, and it's true, you know. So. Well, sure, you know. And so. All right, Soldier Blue. You know, and I'm only on chapter two. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you're passionate yeah. about what you're reading, and and see, that's why you need to read more than you write, you guys. You have to have that input. The, all the stuff he's talking about, all the stuff he's reading, that's definitely going to have an impact on what he's writing, what he is producing. Oh, no doubt. Not at all. Not at all. You can find me on Facebook and like Rafe Wild, and then underneath in parentheses it'll say Soldier Blue, and as well you can uh, tune in to my uh, podcast. And I'm going to get busy here in the next several weeks and uh, put out at least a, another couple of episodes for that. And it is called Red Earth One. Uh, put that all together as if one word, capitalizing the R, the E, and the O. And that'll get you there. And it's on, uh, like I said, it's up, as far as I know, it's on at least eight different podcast platforms. Very cool. All right, sweetheart, we will talk to you next week. Yes, ma'am. Awesome. There's more, more right, incendiary abominations. <laughs> <laughs> All right, babe. <laughs> thank you. Yes, ma'am. And I thank you as always, Mr. Nanila, for platform for us to be able to share and express ourselves in this form of art. Absolutely my pleasure. We'll talk to you soon. All right. I do need to let area code 504 and 407 know that you guys are not in the lineup. 504 and 407, if you guys want to come on the air, please press 1. We are having some issues with our phone line, so if you're trying to dial in and you're getting that fast busy... Just keep trying. We're going to go ahead and bring on area code 702. 702, you're on the air. Hey, Nyla. Word machine is Jimmy Ray. How you doing? Hey, Jimmy. How are you, sweetheart? Not too good. You made me but, a uh, badass zombie. Thank you. I love that, by the way. Yeah. That was good. Um, yeah, I just... Uh, you know, I, have, I was trying to retrieve some poetry from from Word Machine site, and uh, it's just a mess, and, and it's and I was having a lot of problems. I wasn't even going to call in because you know I, I tried trying to call the old works. Uh, I handpicked them because uh, for me, not everything is. You know, I, I'm not as um, not everything is as good to be read live as it is to just be read on on, on the page and. Um, and I had absolutely nothing. And then I thought, well, I got there's a few that you know all the poems I wrote that I have memorized, so we could throw one of those in there. And then, um, but it was just, uh, yeah, it was just just one of those days. You know me, I'm buzzing around like a bee. I'm I got a million things going on. Whether I'm working, whether I'm at home, reface projects, running the groups that I run, uh, you know, coming on here, trying to write new poetry, trying to help other poets, whatever I can do. And it's it's a lot. And I stay upbeat most of the time. And then every so often it just kind of comes crashing down. It's like, what is it all for? Um, but uh, it's good being here and, and hearing all these wonderful poets. And I got you know a lot of friends in the um, chat room tonight, which is nice. And um, 
so I and I haven't been ready to read anything new uh, uh, since my whatever you want to call it comeback or whatever since I started writing again. Uh, but I'm going to break that tradition tonight because I've got nothing else uh, except for that one other piece. Uh, the only relation these pieces have to each other is the word angel in the title and um, or or uh, or variation and. Um, I don't want to get rolling with it because we're late in the show and I want to get some more poets on here. Um, so when the pandemic hit is what kind of kick-started me. That was a little bit of a silver lining. And I wrote a lot of pieces that were driven by what I was feeling at the time. Um, you know, there was – all of us were feeling fear. Um, and, and we were angry about a lot of things, about the way other people were acting and treating other people. Um, and there was a lot of things going on. So a lot of that came through in the work. Uh, this one I wrote April last year, April 21st. This is called Angelic Subterfuge. Blasphemous Cretan tongues bark languidly at a moon fit only for wolves. The engine won't turn, but we can always push it down that quiet hill. Your smile, Cheshire, not Cherubic, cannot hide many rows of teeth gnashing at the fresh meat of your ideals. Some things, however are more important than your side. Baal is your all, guiding formulaic mosaics you don't even understand. For there is no master plan in that tiny voice of reason drowned in cacophony. Unseen without a care, the maelstrom rips through touch and air, unfeeling without an ounce of prejudice, laughing at the immunity you've created. Hidden faces are the enemy for another rending amongst the ranks, dank with a fervor not seen in ages, yet surprisingly reminiscent of yesterday. Who are you? What lurks beneath that epidermal surface? And was it there all along? Broken radios cannot transmit. Faith and greed intermingle. Who are you? Blood is thick. Rivers can choke with it but ties that bind can bend. The urge to be right surges within you. When destiny's path is laid on cracked streets, will you still call me friend? And Paul. Wow. That was incredible, Jimmy. Yeah, I, you know, it's, it was kind of a summation of a lot of what I felt. You know, I saw a lot of things that a lot of us uh, went through and, and in some cases are still going through. Uh, family members, friends, people that we have known for a long time, that we've held dear for a long time, that we uh, always felt were good people. And now there were really weird little nuances uh, because of the situation. There were there were there was elements of, of, of uh, just there was a mean spirited pettiness to a lot of the posts these people were writing and there was a there was an angle there was a uh, you know there was something uh about them that had never shown its ugly head before and, and was starting to do so and, I, and it really i took it to heart and that was a lot of um what inspired that piece wow it's crazy it's just yeah I I I'm not even gonna start on that because I just I I don't understand I don't under, I can't wrap my brain around the reasoning that things like that even have to be happening. Well, you know what, Nyla, I have a um, I, I, a real quick theory that I 
and I doubt I'm the only one that came up with it, but I was talking to Missy about it early on when, when the political ugliness and all this was coming around. And I, and I had this feeling that there's this, there's been for decades, if not longer, well, definitely longer, but there's been this, um, this subtle, I'll just call it a subtle, uh, racism and, and, petty thought and, 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 you know, uh, militant thinking that has been kind of just pushed under the thinnest layer of soil. And these events and these people, without naming, you know, names of political figures, literally coming into power and spouting off the way they were, got all these folks to just dust that off and, and, and feel okay about being openly, that, about openly showing I guess they're true colors, and, and yeah, I'm with you. I just, uh, it's beyond sad, you know, really. And I have, um, I have one more, and it's uh, this one I got. Dwayne is in the house, Moon Cookie's with us, and um, he's going to, he's, he calls me maestro, but he's the maestro. He's the music maestro, and he's going to try to get some music for this one, I hope, and then also for Cold Black Devil Ground, which we did a couple weeks ago. This is called Angels Cried Above. Poor little girl got off the school bus. Angels cried above. Poor little girl got off her bus. And all the other kids made a fuss. And I'll keep Watch on your soul until it comes home to me. She ran through the brambles into the deep woods. Angels cried above. She ran through the brambles into the woods where the mine shafts are hidden good. And I'll keep watching your soul until it comes home to me. The kids gave chase and they hollered and yelled. Angels cried above, they gave chase and they hollered and yelled, till down a hole that girl done fell. And I'll keep watching your soul until it comes home to me. She tumbled like a rag doll with broken bones. Angels cried above, she fell like she had broken bones. Knew she'd never see the light of home. And I'll keep watching your soul until it comes home to me. Way down dark where the spiders crawl. Angels cried above. Way down deep where the spiders crawl. Bugs and snakes, one and all. And I'll be keep watching your soul till it comes home to me. Little girl, little girl, better find your way out. Angels cried above, please, little girl, find your way out. Don't just stagger and stumble about. And I'll keep watching your soul until it comes home to me. Daddy, daddy, come and rescue me sound. Angels cried above, daddy, I want to be safe and sound. Not bone dust in the cold black ground. And I'll keep watching your soul till it comes home to me. 
Well, they finally found her at daybreak. Angels cried above. They found her bones at daybreak because they were a year too late. And I'll keep watching your soul. Now you've come home to me and boom. I don't even know where to go with that. That was phenomenal. I love it when you do your singing. <laughs> I do. Well, I, you know, it's uh, we talked about it before. I love. I've always, as a reader, I always love the twist, and and that piece is is you know there's 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 some realism there. There's some there, it's 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 but it's kind of built up uh, a little bit. But at the same time, uh, you know, at least I hope the reader or in this case the listener is going okay okay she fell she's but she's going to be all right she's going to be all right you know and they finally found her great and all of a sudden you find out well it's they found her but way too late so fantastic job and i see in chat that you're going to be working with a moon cookie on your poem put music to it yeah we're going to try to yeah we're going to try to get some music and some poetry collaborations going and of course anything we do uh we will debut here first and uh <laughs> um but anyway now that i don't i want to get going so uh we get some more poets on uh i'm on facebook jimmy ray davis you can hear my poems at we're at reverbnation.com uh slash word machinist uh, Nyla, I want you to have a wonderful evening, and I can't wait to hear the rest of the votes. Thank you so much, sweetheart. Great job tonight. All right, Nyla, take care. Bye-bye, honey. All right. Awesome. Jimmy Ray. So our next caller, let me see how we have, yeah, 504 and 407 still are not in the lineup. Press 1 if you'd like to come on. Go ahead and bring on area code 207. 207, you're on the air. Oh, wow, that was fast. It's Tammy. <laughs> Hi, Tammy. How are you, sweetheart? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing absolutely wonderful. It's good to hear from you. It's good to be back. I um I just got in queue not too long ago, so I'm surprised I got through so fast. We're having line issues, so um, we normally have 100 lines coming into the show, uh, and actually it's 200 lines coming into the show, and right now we've got about five, so yeah. okay. they're, well, I'm sure they're working on getting them up. So we can so get to other people. Um, uh, this uh, parent don't seem you're kind. You're kind of cutting out. You're getting kind of splotchy when you're talking, Tammy. Is there? Can you wiggle or something to? Can you hear me now? I can hear you very clearly now. Okay. Uh, it's called Sanitarium Blues. Corpse-lined hallways, vacant faces with thorazine grins, bodies tuned to madness for having lived outside the box. Caught between worlds, mused sigils to insane gods in the fissure of their philosophy while standing in their own filth. 
anti-heroes with opaque observations, save invisible maidens, long-awaited love, fancied since childhood, to the naked eye ghostly, yet as real as the superpowers they possess, while young ladies with gray hair sing a haunting melody to dead babies and a superman who never shows. Unkempt interns smoke cigarettes. They put them out on the floor. Little faith in humanity. Wish for something more. Knowing in truth they are where they belong. Riding the train to Happyville by way of patient stolen needles. I hear in my jacket, without the strength to just let go, dream of blood-soaked demons with teeth teeth as sharp as knives, stabby things that rape me and bumps in the night, surrender all hope, unable to define the norm, have accepted my fate. This is my home in poem. Wow. Super strong ending on that. That was amazing, hon. Thank you. That's a You're very very welcome. Um can I read another one? Of course. Okay, this one is a rhyming one. You mentioned last week that my poems don't rhyme, so I feared I'd write a rhyming one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's called Tiny Death. I close my eyes at night, imagine a life without pain, no longer shrouded in hatred, no affection given in vain. For I am made of love, I say goodbye to fear. I pray for absolution, a state of utter freedom. Forgiven for my transgressions, I ask this of everyone. For I am remorseful, I say goodbye to sin. I hope for a lover to find me, in tune with all my doubts, patient with understanding, willing to work it out. For I am made of desire, I say goodbye to sabotage. I dream to live in content, contentment, wishing for it to deliver me. No more expect to happen, I endeavor to make it be. For I am made of effort, I say goodbye to sloth. I envision a world of unity, one without singularity. People living for each other, from egotism we are free. For I am made of harmony. I say goodbye to vanity in poem. Fantastic job on that. Very lyrical. Thank you. Really good choice of rhyming words. Great poem, both of them. I'm so glad you called in tonight. Me too. Me too. I wasn't going to, but I decided to. Shame on you. Well, anytime you're in a yeah. dilemma like that and you don't know if you're going to, just think, what would Nyla tell me to do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's And then you'll know. <laughs> Why don't you say call in? I'm glad All I right. did. I'm glad. And thank you, honey. Thank you. I'm so glad you're back. And just thank you for being here, being part of our family. And, uh, you know, it's really good to see you reconnecting with people. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. All right, sweetie, we will talk to you next week, honey. All right, honey, thanks a lot. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. 
Our next caller, we have 419 followed by 5046. We also have a 5044, which is not in the lineup. So 5044, if you want to come on, press 1. But 5046, why do they both look the same? Why do I have the same number on here twice? That's weird. So 504, don't do anything. Just just hang tight. All right, let's go ahead and grab area code uh, 419. 419, you're on the air. Hello, Nyla. It's uh, Rebel Jones. Hey, Rebel. How you doing, love? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm glad I was able to queue in tonight. I am glad you were here. It's good to hear from you. Thank you. I so what's going Clarence, on in your world and all that good stuff? What do you bring, what'd you bring for us? I know Clarence brought a piece tonight, and we actually did a collaboration on that piece, so I'm going to give you my, my half. <laughs> okay. So I know Clarence's was darkness and light. So this is the part. This is my ver my 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 part of it, and it's called light and dark. I can't optically see in this brightness. Suddenly blanketed by pitch black darkness. When it's blind and in the other, we can't see what's right before our very eyes. I. Wrote this in pain and humanity's disdain for differences in gender and races. For space, it was the base for all this unwarranted hatred. When if you look within, aside from the topical presence of him, her, and the other, we are, we are all far more interesting than being white, brown, black, red, or yellow. Why can't we embrace differences with agape love and learn to be better people by learning from the unique of each of us? How can we as a race of beings come together to impeach the evil that breeds the peace of each of us? Implanting and injecting through comfort and convenience is the beast in each of us. I've seen the devil in disguise preach to us beseech the wickedness sugar-coated to influence our thoughts. Actions and beliefs while feasting on the souls of each of us because hatred doesn't naturally flow through us before it's taught. That's that piece. Wow. I can see them going together perfectly. That was incredible. Thank you. You're very welcome. Are you going to read? You're going to do two, right? Yes. This other one I wrote today is called Bleeding Ink. Or Bleeding Ink. Perfect. My addiction is serving the ink with magic in the form of the written and dramatically giving it to the hungry ears and minds in the form of recital or emotionally sitting as if it's given fluidly from the spirit's voice within and then time quickly stops ticking and words and verse are plucked from air and carefully picked while meditatively sitting on my flying nimbus bleeding from my pen. The wildness of my inner nature has an animal instinct to hunt the minds of the ignorant to introduce them to the wisdom through poetic influence. And as all you hear in your head is my voice, intruding your thinking and dreaming as you swear to the highest, you're having prophetic visions given by a divine entity. Don't you know seeing is believing, but let me remind you this is all happening while you are sleeping, dreaming that you are consciously thinking when you wake up believing you have a new purpose, new reason for being. You see, it took me 3,000 lifetimes and a variety of whimsical wisdom written in depth and rhythmic lines to realize we spirits inside these humans are indefinitely designed, infinitely designed. 
See, I have been leaving messages written in some form or fashion to the future since the beginning of time. So in conclusion, I am, I mean, we are a sign of some kind that was truly birthed from the dark and the light far above the sky where dying stars take their last glimmering, shimmering, and explode into the light of life as night becomes bright and I watch from a window and addictively follow my fingers as they write. This is my addiction. That's that piece. Rebel is more than just a name with you, my darling. <laughs> yes. That was incredible. That Thank was you. absolutely incredible. You're welcome. You are so welcome. All right. Do me a favor. Yes. Tell everyone how they can. You can find yeah. me as R Madman Jones on Facebook. Um, on YouTube, I have a YouTube channel that I'm trying to grow up. It's like a little baby channel right now. I'm trying to at least get it in the teenage stage. Um, it's Poetry by Rebel Jones, Madman Productions. Y'all tune in, subscribe. I think you'll like what you hear. And me and Clarence, C Double Thirty Four Music, Clarence Ferguson Jr. We got music all over SoundCloud, MixCloud. Just check us out. We do some phenomenal things. We do some delicious stuff. That's fantastic. All right, my dear, you will be here next week? I will try. My life is incredibly busy. My wife just had surgery. Um, She had a cyst pulled out of her tailbone. So a couple times a day I got to be in there tending to her, stuff the packing back in. It's a mess, but then I have three sons at home that I'm chasing around and a dog, and we just bought a new house. And <laughs> like life is just madness right now. It's madness. Oh my goodness, life. Ugh. All right, sweetheart. <laughs> Give everyone hugs for us, and we'll see you next week if you can be here. Thank you so much. You're welcome, love. Bye, bye, Rebel. Bye now. Thank you for waking up today. <laughs> Thank you for taking breaths with me. <laughs> Bye, sweetie. All right, hey. our next caller is Moon Cookie, I believe, and I'm going to try unmuting his line. Rebel, rebel. Moon Cookie, rebel, are you rebel. there? I'm afraid so. It was Hello, me. Sweetheart. It's really me. And I was that <laughs> other number two. You're on. I'm looking. I told you I was having problems with my board. Right now, your number, the exact same me. number, is on there two times. It's crazy. Because I wasn't going to call because I didn't really have nothing. And then, you know, Jimmy and Tammy, and then they said, you know, okay, we like it. Which, of course, now, you know, they heard it and jumped. Which, okay. But I love it, and I didn't know what the hell to do tonight. But I had my my had my options open, so I got one for you. But I love that rebel, rebel. You remember that? Mm-hmm. David Bowie, rebel, rebel. Mm. You can put a good name like that. That dude, that dude has some good stuff going on. And Bravo, since I've been listening, I came late, like at eight o'clock. But everything. Wonderful. All right. Here we go. I was thinking about singing this too, since everybody's been singing. 
But my voice is not exactly agreeable to me doing that right now. And, you know, we got certain standards to keep around here. <laughs> so just <laughs> I'm just going to read it because you know, sometimes I think it's almost the best song I wrote. And it's up there in the top of the best songs I ever wrote. And then, you know, one of these days we have to have a different, like, uh, um, what do you what do you call it a workshop between what what's the difference between a song and a poem, and so we have to do that. And then but, we do um, have to I ain't do read, that. I know I ain't ready yet, but we getting close though. We getting close because I'm <laughs> okay. I'm starting to acquire this book. Oh my god! And I'm not yet. I've been getting so much great feedback from my my readers. Um. And and every time I'm like, damn, I've been over this book so many times, and how could you catch that? <laughs> you know, it's like, because you get so tired looking at the same words, but yet you still think. And then they go, hey, what about this? And you go, damn. <laughs> but, you know, you're so thankful that they did it, you know. And so, anyway, here we go. Just like. I'm still working on that birthday story I wrote you last year, not this one, because <laughs> it ain't up. And so I couldn't write you nothing, nothing until I get that one fixed. I'm sorry. It was such a mess. I'm just, it was, it, I'm sorry. But I'm trying to fix it. I think it's getting close. All right. So here you go. Um, I think this is. Oh, man, there's a terrible recording somewhere out there of this, but I'm not going to sing it anyway. But the guitar is spectacular on it. Okay, this is called Suddenly Someone. And this is a song. It's not a poem, but it's a poem and a song. But here we go. Seventy hours of 70 years, life can appear round and Full and radiant. Suddenly someone is right there. Suddenly nothing is everything out of thin air. She's there. Suddenly someone to care for. Share for and there's someone to share you. Seventy minutes passed. It was all clear. Easy to steer. Sound and steady and evident. Suddenly someone is right there. Suddenly nothing is anything out of this stair. She is there. Suddenly something blues here. Through fear, my dear, you're all that is new. Nobody knows the sun might to glow. All around you. Lips to your throat. And the man in me grows. Till I'm drowned. And you drowned. That's how it goes. When security blows. Out the window. And you. Spill among the moody blues. Scatter pieces of the truth. 
What the hell? It's just the blues. In peace. It's just the blues. What the hell? <laughs> um, and Cookie, that was phenomenal. Well, thank you. I'm glad you liked it. I did very much. I, I, I um, I have to get. I always plan on re-recording. I mean, I had this good, beautiful time. Now that I got my little, not up the snuff, but my little home studios getting it, and then my wife went home to visit for a while and so I was like here it is me and music and the book's finished and it's me and music and then I cut my finger doing something that I would have fired somebody for when I was a chef and then and now I'm out for two weeks but one week's passed and I'm already trying it out and we're getting close and so um, pretty soon I'll get back on the pick, and, and then we're going to make some, some nice um, things happen that way. So thank you. And I'm sorry if I read this before. I don't know if I've ever read this before. But um, but I have a shitty recording of it somewhere. <laughs> no, I don't want to share it, but it's on Spotify, and I can't take it off. So anyway, y'all. Um, love y'all and by Manila, I love you more than oh breath. And like yeah, because you all that and you all that and whatever else you can imagine after peyote. That's who you are. <laughs> you like be all of that. Because you just all but so okay and um do I owe you anything besides this? I'm gonna, I'm, Sarah, I'm gonna send this new story. It's gonna be a lot better. The, the new old story that I wrote for you. <laughs> it's okay. gonna be a lot better. I promise. <laughs> I'm sorry I sent you that atrocity first. So, all right, and y'all, everybody, y'all come looking for me. Um, I don't know why, because I ain't never there. But y'all can find me on Moon Cookie. At Facebook, anything that says Moon Cookie with two A's, that's me. It got a cookie at the end. You know, you got me. And um, if y'all want to make some music or something, let's talk. And, um, but you got to bring your big boy, big girl draws when you want to do that. And then um, everybody else, you know, thank y'all for all y'all give us. And thank you, Nyla, and all the people that paid for this beautiful thing. And I love y'all more than I have the power to say. So I'll just tell y'all that. <laughs> Thank Good night, you, y'all. Bye. Bye, hon. Okay. So we are looking at. Uh, uh, come on. I'm having issues again. Stop. All right. I'm having some issues with the board, as I mentioned, so I am going to play an audio track real quick and see if I can figure out what's going on here. I just, I had about 20 lines open, and it looks like it's just dropped back down to five, so I'm not sure what's going on. They're trying to get the lines open, I'm sure. So between now and then, 
I'm going to play a track for you. The one I've got picked out is called 1,000 Poets, and this is by Written in Pain. Here you go. All week, what I wrote to write was for tonight. I'm going to recite open mic poetry night. I reached the door, the cover charge, crowd neither small or large. Poet number one, his name King Sun. I could tell his piece was a religious one. He said, hallelujah, amen, before he begun. Seemed like forever before he was done. I'm like, was he motivated by the Bible or reciting one? Yes, pride should exist in every human being, but poets are the proudest I've ever seen. Gay pride, women's pride, black pride, soldier pride. He never died. He got pride. His parents died. He never cried. Muslim pride. I did not take part in bombing suicide. We only up to 15. He doing a poem about the price of gasoline. Poet 20, his piece would have moved me. Except he kept quoting movies. In that tone, poet you, poet Poet 50 was an ex-rapper, slowing up his bars, doing a poem about girls, jewelry, and luxury cars. The next poet's vocab was enormous, a breathing, walking, talking, Byzantium. The next two thought was poetry. He doing poetry. She's singing the chorus. Poet 100, writing about love again. Here it come again. Heartache, heartbreak, how much can a heart take? I'm like, won't you leave and grieve? Learn from your mistakes. Poet 264, over you to Honestly, I couldn't take no more. I didn't even want to hear what Poet 300 had to say. He had dreadlocks and a book bag. I was thinking he was talking about the problems of the world today and how there's no medication in Zimbabwe. He was telling us the future signs and said peace and blessings in all his lines. When Poet 500 hit the stage, her peace was so long I could feel myself age. Every time I thought she was done, she flipped a page. People started talking, yawning, she wasn't phased. Poet 550 started spitting about how dope his quotes is. I figured he was on dope when he wrote this. Like a poem so abstract it's whack. He said silhouetted soliloquies. I'm like, what the hell is that? Poet 720 had blonde hair spitting a piece about he black. Not only was the 733rd poet's piece long, but he was shouting at us like we did something wrong. Poet 776 sang a song, and she wanted us to sing along. A gospel song. She know the notes, she just can't hold on. Even the Lord knows she wrong. By the time she finished her screaming, people were leaving. She pointing, talking about, see, that's some demons. Poet 800 was a lady who truly touched my heart. Telling a tale about a woman who lived from a shopping cart. When out of nowhere, she cut the tale short. Talking about, get a rest on my CD. Show a poet some support. I'm pissed. Handed her five bucks for the disc. The next 20 poets, all the same. He left me, she left me, I'm so empty Religion, politics, similes, metaphors, verbal tricks I'm skinny, love me, I'm chubby, hug me So what if I'm ugly, look inside, love me I'm celibate, I'm selling it, I do it for the hell of it Poet 910, tight shirt, wanna be model Smelling like he wearing the whole bottle Women moaning before he said a word I wonder what they heard Cause they moaned, hissed and whistled through their teeth this man hold peace. They 
didn't know what they was missing. Me neither, cause I didn't listen. Well, the 999th poet, me. By now the crowd was void of any energy. I closed my eyes and I grabbed the mic and I shared this piece I'm about to recite. <clears throat> One thousand poets, including me. Yet there's no eluding me. Just your relation to the pain is including me. See, it's the painful pen that's soothing me. It's my mistakes improving me. So I make it plain to see so you won't live as painfully or experience pain as explained to me. So when you fail, there's no blame for me when I exclaim the game for free. I gave what remains of me. If it inspires you, it takes a little bit of the pain off me. So I hope you see my pen as a blessing to give you food for thought. Please come back for seconds. When I open my eyes, what do I see? Two drunks, the DJ, Poet 1000, and me, and me, and me, and me. That was 1,000 Poets with Written in Pain. I'm going to go ahead and if you're, remind you, first of all, if you're trying to get in and you can't, you're getting that fast busy signal, just keep dialing. It'll let you in eventually. I'm hoping we um, have a very limited number of lines. We've only got five lines coming into the studio right now. Normally we've got 200. So, um, yeah, <laughs> keep trying. I'm going to go ahead and bring on area code 419. 419, are you with me? Agent 419. Yes, can you hear me? I can hear you. How are you, sweetheart? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing awesome. I'm so glad <laughs> you were, again, just like squeaking in right at the end of the show. You're always such a tease. <laughs> yes. So uh, what's going on in your world? How are you doing? And what did you bring? Uh, you know, just kind of chilling, taking it a day at a time, hanging in there, doing okay. Uh, I got a, uh, okay, this is a poem I, I wrote called uh, Friend, Friends Should Never Say Goodbye. Um, I don't think I've ever performed this poem before. Um, yeah, I wrote it for a friend of mine uh, when I was in the Air Force who was leaving. And we had kind of like a runaway dinner for him, uh, for her. And um, so I wrote this poem. We were, we were pretty close. Uh, our families were, our families were pretty close. Thought um, friends should never say goodbye. There was once a light that shined down upon the world. It lit the sun in the morning. It lit the moon and the stars at night. It twinkled in the eyes of lovers. It brightened the smile on the faces of unhappy children. It sparkled in every diamond. It glowed in every fireplace. It graced the world with beauty. It was in the it was in the song that the birds sang. It was in the bells that rang joy to the world. It was in the tears that the weeping willow shed. It was in all of the songs of love and the poems of loneliness. It was the beginning of time. It was eternity. It was forever. And then, one day, without warning, the world left, and the light, alone, no longer had the reason to shine, went out, and there was chaos, sort of like when friends have to say goodbye. End poem. Wow. 
That was incredible. Thank you. You are very welcome. You're going to do two, right? Yeah, I can do that one. Okay. okay. Is, uh, I don't know if I ever read this one either. Uh, it's called In My Solitude. <clears throat> In My Solitude, I allude to your lips next to mine. I recline and redefine love as I hold heaven in my arms. From cloud to cloud, our bodies live in ecstatic bliss. Each kiss, each touch, each clutch. It's like the beginning of a new life. The first breath of the past life that spans all time. All that is, all that ever has been, and all that ever shall be. I am weakened and strengthened by the thought of you. I am lost in this universe as I immerse myself in the solitude. Allude to your lips next to mine and redefine love. End poem. I have not heard that one before. That was beautiful. Thank you. You're very welcome. Fantastic on both of them. Can you tell I'm starting to wind down? <laughs> I'm trying to... Yes. <laughs> it's like, you always call in at the very end of the show, so sometimes this is going to happen. I'm telling you, it's like, I'm not the NJ. I'm running out of steam. <laughs> uh, I cannot think okay. of anyone better to help me close out this show. Thank you. Because you are absolutely phenomenal, and I am so glad that you got here tonight. I am too. Thank you. I really, I really appreciate being able to come here and 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 kind of share my poetry. Well, it's a treat for so us for you. sure. You're welcome, baby. Tell everyone how to find you. Uh, you can find me on uh, Facebook, on YouTube. And um, and all poetry under Melvin D. Johnson. Perfect. All right, sweetheart, and we will talk to you next week. Yes. Perfect. We'll see you then, hun. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. All righty, you guys. I'm going to play a long track to shut the show down tonight. I want to tell you all thank you for being here. It's been phenomenal. And we will be here next week the same time. And we be sure to go over on my Facebook page and check out all of the journals that are open up for submission. There's got to be close to 50-plus links that I put up for uh, both paying publications, non-paying publications, themed publications, on my page that are all journals that are all open for submission right now. So make sure you go over and check that out. Listen to the first part of the show if you would like to hear our writing exercises workshop, our poetry prompts for the beginning of the show. If you didn't get those, you can come back and listen to the first 15 minutes and uh, be able to find those. I'm going to close out the show this week with a piece by Eddie Oliver. It's kind of my Inagata de Vida version of poetry as a incredible piece. It's called Beautiful Beginnings, and here you go. The beginning be the alpha. 
as it is written it it be the first chapter and call it life. Beautiful as it is in, in the beginning, never thinking about an ending, just thinking about building, creating that solid foundation to stand on, trusting, hoping that you don't stand alone, just, just hoping, nose wide open, walking on faith, just trying to keep pace, trying not to lose the race of, of everyday, everyday life. Sitting in a little coffee shop just sipping, writing To the naked eye doing nothing exciting, man She was just sipping, writing But it was something about her Something that made me wonder as she sat there alone over yonder Just sipping, writing What was she writing? Was it poetry? She looked up, man, and and she finally noticed me and, And she smiled so beautiful it was, like like looking at the river now, because because so beautiful she was. So so I smiled. She went back to writing, doing nothing exciting, man. It's, and and I just stood there and admired and wanted to walk on over and introduce myself. But because of my shyness, I decided to retire to a chair two tables down, quiet without a hint of a sound. I just sat there sipping, gazing. Admiring her from a distance because her beauty and her innocence were so amazing. Her her smile was so intoxicating. Her her eyes were so engaging. The, the ten second glance made my heart start racing. As if I was high on drugs, straight freebase. I just sat there and daydreamed of, of me and her taking flights to far off places, turning off our cell phones while while we took long vacations in in hard to reach nations. Made me wonder. Was this lady that kept me sipping, gazing, driving me half crazy with anticipation? Nervous I am. She got me caught up in her aura like, like, like this. <laughs> Yo, who is this lady? Latte sipping, coffee shop chilling. <laughs> I'm yet to know her name, but somehow I seem to be catching feelings. I wonder, I ponder. Will she come here often? Or will she be interested in me and her doing some get-to-know-you talking? And hope that maybe we can become good friends and do some park walking. <laughs> Hold up. I find that I'm jealous of the way that she holds that pen. I kind of wish that it was me that she was holding. I kind of wish that I was that napkin that she was folding, touching. It's like behind our coffee cups, man, we're playing a sexy game of seduction, hiding, peeking. She's got my attention, no diversions, no interruptions, just just gazing, lusting, hiding, seeking. Every time she sits on her cup, it, it hides that devilish grin like she wants to sing, like she's flirting, inviting me to come on over, come on in. I wish it was me that she was sipping. Should I say I wish it was me? She was kissing. See, this be beautiful beginning. The beginning be the alpha. As it is written, it be the first chapter. They call it life. Beautiful as it is in the beginning. Never thinking about an ending. Just, just thinking about building. Creating that solid foundation to stand on. Trusting that you don't stand alone. Just, just hoping. Nose wide open. Walking on faith.
Just trying to keep pace, trying not to lose the race of everyday life. life. I see you. Do you see me? Kissing on a white sandy beach, making love surrounded by palm trees. I worship you because you made me believe that, that God, that God said that you and I, are you and I were meant to be, you are so heavenly. I can't help but believe that, that God sent you to me because you put me at peace and, and to him I am forever grateful. I know sometimes, baby, that I can be a handful and for that, I apologize. Melt me with those maple brown eyes. But you handle me like, like the way trees slow in an autumn breeze, so gentle, so smooth. I, I can't help but be in love with you because you make it so easy. Sleep with me, dream with me. To a far off place where, where no one can find us, where it's just us. Caught up in the rush of our lust as we make love from dawn to dust. As I look down and see you beneath me, looking up at me, smiling, sometimes staring me down, making love to me with your eyes as you hold on tight for the ride. I, I love you. I love, I love the feel of your thigh. Where your flesh feels against my flesh, the way your chest feels against my chest. The way we pause, we take deep breaths. Deep, deep, deep breaths. Just the thought of knowing that you are mine makes me lose all track of time. So we end up making love for hours just, just because there's nothing else to do. It's just you on top of me and me on top of you. With the sweetest smell of romance in the room, I, I take a whiff to consume the perfume because I want to smell of you with, with me all day. Just one whiff, just one sniff takes my breath away. Got me finding, got me finding, got me fiending, got me fiending, got me fiending to see you on the next day. The exact same way. Me looking down at you and you staring up at me. Can't think of a better position for us to be, so just love me. And if you feel it in your heart, girl, it'll just marry me. With the thought of knowing that. This is what God always wanted us to be. You see, it's beautiful in the beginning. The beginning is the Alpha. The beginning be the Alpha as it is written. It, it be the first chapter they call life. Beautiful as it is in the beginning. Never thinking about an ending, just, just thinking about building. Creating that solid foundation to stand on. Trusting. Hoping that you don't stand alone, man. Just... Just hoping, nose wide open, walking on faith, just trying to keep pace, trying not to lose the race of everyday life. life, life, life. You see this? This be my Monday morning blue. I find myself caught up in the rapture, just longing, longing for her, missing her, her heavenly touch oh so very much, like I didn't just see her on Sunday, yet I find myself daydreaming about her. I find myself daydreaming about her all day, all day on Monday. Daydreaming about all the love making we did over the weekend to no end. It just got me longing. Daydreaming about her once again as I long for her kiss. I look at my t-shirt that she had online across my bed and I can't help but reminisce. I pick it up and click close to me. Close my eyes, take a deep breath and I can smell her scent. Reminded me once again of the time that we spent just, just love making. The smell is something out of a, a bath and body works and the sweet smelling aroma is enough to drop me to my knees as I shake my head like, like I'm about to repent. 
It's just the smell of moonlight path reminding me of our sexy, sexy hour-long bubble bath. Or was it the smell of a midnight pomegranate? You see, it's been less than 24 hours, y'all, since she's been gone. And, and already, man, already I can't stand it. I'm just lonely. Longing for her. I'm fine. I'm fiending. I'm fine. I'm fiending for her love like an addict addicted to a drug. She, she got, she got me on that crack, y'all. Got to have it like that Spike Lee joint. Y'all I knew. You see, I, I need it, y'all. I, I need it in the worst way. Like a fiend that, that can't stay clean. Look, look at me, y'all. She she got me shaking. She got me shaking just thinking about the crazy love making. I'm going through withdrawal from the lack of it all. From the lack of her kiss. From the lack of her touch. From the lack of her love that I miss oh so much. And she just left this homeboy alone. Like, like yesterday. You see, this be my Monday morning blues. I'm gonna be this way until the weekend rolls back around. Just fine. Just fiending. Just fiending, y'all. I'm gonna be this way until her, until I hear the sound of her walking through my door. I'm gonna be this way until Friday. Just fine. Just, just fiending. I do this dance all over again. We gon' do this romance again. All freaking weekend. You see, it's beautiful in the beginning. The beginning be the alpha as it is written. It, it be the first chapter they call life. Beautiful as it is in the beginning. Never thinking about an ending. Just thinking about building. Creating that solid foundation to stand on. Trusting. Hoping that you stand alone. Just hoping. Nose wide open. Walking on faith. Just Trying to keep the pace, trying not to lose the race of everyday life. life. Yeah. <laughs> See Proverbs 18:22 states that he that finds a wife uh, finds a good thing and obtains favor, obtains favor in the Lord. And I guess that means that that I have found favor, much favor, much favor, y'all, because I have surely found me a good thing. I stand here today and I, I say to you that I, that I, Eddie L. Oliver, oh man, I have found Christ. Someone I can trust, someone I can love, someone that loves and believes in me just as I love and believe in her, someone that I vow to cherish, someone that I, I vow to protect with my very last breath until death, until death, until death, until death, y'all, until death do us apart. You see, she, uh, she and only she with, with all her beauty. Her brains and her amazing smile, man. She, ah, oh, yes, she. She was the one who was good enough to capture my heart when I wasn't even looking for love. When I wasn't even looking for for my heart to be captured. When I, when I didn't even know y'all that that love existed. When I didn't even know that love was looking for me, man. She, she captured my heart, and I say to you that somehow, some way, somewhere, y'all, <laughs> are we found each other. Through the mist and the fog, through, through the tall buildings and towering trees, y'all, somehow, uh, some way, man, we, we, we found each other. Like two ships lost in the night. Like, like two people lost in the wilderness. Like, like two people stranded at sea. You see, we, oh uh, man, we found each other. Like in John 9, 25, man, all I know is, once I was blind, but now I see. Now I can see what love truly is. Now I can see what, what love must, 
must look like And it's a beautiful thing, y'all Cause now my eyes are wide open Now I know Now I know that That he who finds a wife Surely 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 finds a good thing I'm here to say, y'all That I have surely Found Me a good thing <laughs> You see, it's, it's beautiful in the beginning Beginning be the alpha as it is written, it be the first chapter they call life. Beauty as it is in the beginning. Never thinking about it ending, just thinking about building, creating that solid foundation to stand on. Trusting, hoping that you don't stand alone, just hoping, nose wide open, walking on faith, just trying to keep pace, trying not to lose the race of every day, of every day, of everyday life. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. 